My friends, it's another episode of the Gaming Memories Podcast, where I, your host, Cade Call, aka Roboclip, the blessed beatmaker, who hath been commissioned by the gaming gods themselves, which are Miyamoto, the father of Kojima, the son, and Carmack, the motherfucking Holy Ghost, to create the one true video game podcast. And my instructions were to simply interview creative and interesting people about the favorite gaming memories growing up. And today, our guest is... Fuck, I forgot his first name. Shit. Uh, that's what happens when you just interact with people in the digital realm. Uh, nobody uses really their IRL names. That actually reminds me. So just recently, I played the entirety of the Mass Effect trilogy. I blitzed it. Uh, I got so obsessed that I basically could not be a functional human being, father, husband, family member, friend. I was just like a piece of shit. Because the only thing that mattered in my brain was this game, this trilogy. Uh, it sucked me in. Big time. Anyway, the point is, there is a race of aliens that evolved in a oceanic world, and they're kind of like these weird-looking jellyfish things, and they use light to communicate. That's all. That's for another podcast. The point being is, in their culture, they have their name that they use to interact with other species and other beings, and then they have their, quote, soul name. And their soul name they give to themselves, and they only tell to people who are extremely close to them. It's like a, it's a form of bonding if you share your soul name, especially with a member of a different alien species. Well, I think that's what's going to happen in the future with the internet. We're going to have basically screen names are going to be used more than our actual birth names. And I think birth names are going to become sort of secondary and only people who really know you close are going to use your birth names. And the majority of interactions you have with people, even if they're uh, in the physical space, in the meat realm, as opposed to the digital realm. Uh, I think people are going to be using their screen names more often. Anyway, that's my long-winded way to, uh, one, sneak some Mass Effect references in because, fuck yeah, Mass motherfucking Effect. I, I took me like 100 hours to beat the trilogy, and I'm not joking that 15 to 20 of those hours was me just reading codex entries about the lore, about how the technology in the universe works. They, uh, they, they created a world, and they, they took it deep. Like, you can go as deep as you want. The other thing that I was doing uh, in that little side rant was trying to justify the fact that I can't remember our guest, who I was supposed to mention 25 minutes ago, but I've been ranting. Retro Afternoons is a YouTube channel sort of, it's not a podcast. Um, his screen name is Synther, S-Y-T-H-N-R, makes music and shit as well. He's from Canada. And like all Canadians, Canada bros... Super nice. Super, super nice dudes. And the reason I reached out to him initially is I saw a video where he like made a mock character transformation of himself turning into his alter ego, which is the alt part of the lore of his whole channel. We'll get into it in the podcast, but he gets the whole point is he gets sucked into like a Tron-esque retro arcade and he's being tortured by this arcade demon making him at, I, we'll just let him talk about it. But he's introducing the character in his YouTube channel series. He does the transformation sequence by copying 
being the vibe and style of the Altered Beast. Rise from the grave! You jump out of the grave, you're buff as shit, you start punching zombies in the face, then you get steroids, and you get buffer, then you start punching dragons in the face, then you turn into a fucking wolf. Altered Beast, it's the shit. If you haven't played that game, if you haven't heard of it, check it out. It's a badass retro game, legendary uh, arcade game. But when you transform into different beast characters in that game, there's a sequence where the person like flashes and there's some flames in the back. He created this character transformation based off that. It was an obvious nod to that game. And uh, from doing video production and trying to do cool production shit and video shit for this podcast, I know how much work that is to put that kind of stuff in. So I start checking out his Instagram. I start seeing what he's doing. He has a character select screen sequence where it like goes through all these different egos and he's in different costumes and it's like it looks like Tron and he's done a lot of work. This isn't your average social media content. Obviously the frequency in which he puts things out is lower because the amount of work that goes into each piece of content is much higher. It's a different type of social media content, something that I uh, personally appreciate. That's why I reached out to him. I was like, damn, homeboy's going deep. He's going hard and he's putting some work into it. He has little Easter egg references into all his stuff. Um, there's depth to his content. The downside is it's, it's a pain in the ass to make and you can't put out content as often. But we talk about that in the podcast. Anyway, check him out. Retro Afternoons, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, you, you guys get it. I'll put all the applicable links in the podcast description. And man, I'm spacing today. I'm just, just got, I'll be honest. I might have got a little too high before I recorded this intro. This is what happens sometimes. I just, I had a really productive day, ran some errands, went full dad mode, fixed some stuff in my yard, a hose, some lawn shit, some construction shit, organized my garage. I mean, full dad mode today. Got a lot of shit done. And then I decided to, uh, justify, I deserve a little, a little break. Let's have a little. <laughs> Little Smoski. Little Smoski. I deserve it. I'm a hardworking boy. And now I can't freaking focus on this intro. Retro Afternoons. Podcast description. Check your shit out. Don't be an asshole. Like, share, comment. The good news of the Gaming Memories Gospel. You shall be blessed. I say these things in the name of Miyamoto, the Father, Kojima, the Son, and Kamak, the Holy Ghost. Amen. And enjoy the show. Perfect. What's up, man? So the first, the reason I reached out to you is the first thing I saw. I don't know if someone else liked it, but I saw your little video clip of you turning into your character, I guess, and we'll get into the lore of your channel and what you're doing. But it was like a riff on the Altered Beast transformations, like you copied Mm -hmm. the style of the Altered Beast. And I put like stupid amounts of Easter eggs into all my content, and I know nobody notices them, but I, (laughs) I notice shit like that. So I was like, damn, that's a cool little altered beast. Like, okay. And then I got into, oh, he's got like this idea. He gets almost like Tron. This character's been sucked into some like retro thing. He's trying to escape. Like, this is a cool angle. It's m- so much more than just like uh, most of the content I see on Instagram or YouTube is like, here's a picture of a game in my collection. And that stuff does really well. Um, and I'm not knocking it, but, uh, I, like, I already have a bunch of collectors and people I like. I'm not interested in more of that type of content when it comes to gaming. I I have plenty of badass collectors and people who post pictures of their games and their game room and stuff. You, like you are making something that's totally different, which is what I'm trying to do. And it's brutally hard. So uh, let's get into it. Like what is retro afternoons and what made you start it? 
Okay, so um, the in-story premise of Retro Afternoons is that I'm trapped in a virtual world called the Retroverse, and I'm forced to play retro video games in what's basically like arcade hell. So playing these games basically feeds the Retroverse, like the, the energy it needs to be sustained. So that's like the in-story bullshit that I came up with. But what it actually is, is me like showcasing the like ridiculousness and absurdness of retro video games, because when you look back on some of them, you're like, man, some of these are really inappropriate. Some of these make oh, yeah. no sense. Um, <laughs> some of these are just fucking awful. And, and it, there's hilarity in there. And I, and I love that stuff. Mm. Um, so, so for me, it's going through all that stuff, like all the character designs, lack of story, the unfair difficulty, uh, the amount of money that it takes to beat this fucking thing, like, or, or would have taken to beat it in the arcade back in the day. Yes. Um, and just kind of like exposing that, uh, sort of thing. And like, we all love video games, but it's like, let's, let's really like dissect this and have a good laugh at how ridiculous this hobby really is. So to answer your second question, uh, the reason why I'm doing it is, um, I was laid off when the pandemic hit, basically. Ooh, um, similar story and, to mine. Yeah, so it, it, it just sucked. And I work in marketing communications. So uh, I've built up all these skills with like uh, writing, uh, vide- videography, photography, graphic design, um, marketing stuff. So like SEO, all the social media stuff. Like I could do all that stuff. And I'm like, it's about fucking time that I do something that I want to do instead of for everybody else. Like, Bro, I, all you, this, like we're the same person. This is really? creepy. No way. Because didn't you say you made music too before? You were yes. Music? Yes. Okay, so I tried to be a rock star, did electronic <laughs> music, did a record label, got into marketing, got really good at SEO. This is my main skill. I, w- I worked my way up through a bunch of marketing community, like companies, broke off on my own, started my own thing. And then a uh, similar situation, I didn't get laid off, but the pandemic hit and my night routine is, was to train MMA and jujitsu and I couldn't do that. And I was already kind of doing the podcast. So I thought like, I need to make some material to like promote my podcast. Why don't I use all these skills I've done over marketing? I can kind of video edit. I can do audio. I can make music. I can podcast is an easy thing. I can edit that. I've been, that's like child's play to me. Mm-hmm. Like let's put it all together and try to make something. And I started it because of the pandemic and I had similar backgrounds. Like I have all these marketing wow. skills. That's really weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's no, that's awesome. Like when I when I was checking out your channel, I was like, this fucking guy. I envy his t-shirt collection because he has amazing gaming t-shirts, and it's all of games that I love. Like you had like Streets of Rage, you have Wipeout stuff, uh, even yes. Psygnosis, like developer one. I was like, I envy this guy's I'm glad collection. You noticed because no yeah. one. I've only got a few comments. It's like I go out of my way to make sure I have a dope shirt in each video, and I'll, like it doesn't get noticed that much. Partially because I don't think I'm like my video production is my weak quality which is one of the reasons i want to talk to you because your video production is fucking sick straight up it's like you've definitely done some video and uh i'm uh i wanted to pick your brain on that so i know i could feature that better but i'm glad you know i've had one person give me props on a psychosis shirt the owl logo and then one person i was wearing a phasar which is one of like the uh fake brands in yeah yeah, race teams and uh one dude commented like did you just phasar our ass or something like so (laughs) some people get it but uh, i mean god it feels so good that someone knows it. Like that's what I when I saw your channel, I immediately was like, I need to like call, hit this. He has he has to come on the podcast. He's like the same version as me. 
it's, it's, so, it's super bizarre. Yeah, it's super bizarre. And it's, it's awesome at the same time. We'll get back to retro afternoons, but I want to talk about this like t-shirt thing. So, so Wipeout specifically is super special to me because that's when I really got into electronic music. I was super yes. young at the time. Yeah. Oh my so God, when, we're the yeah. same person. Yeah, Shit. so when Wipeout XL came out, I was already riding on the, like Prodigy High because Firestarter was coming out yes. and it was on there and then it just blew it open like Daft Punk, Orbital, all those people were on there. And I was like, like, this is my jam. Like I was really young at the time and I was already into like, uh, Euro dance type music, like that, like poppy bubblegum shit or whatever. So I moved into this and that's what started me to like do my music production because I started in 1997 or so. And like that just spiraled out of control. It was like electronic music, video games, uh, I could do this stuff. I love it. And that's just like where my content creation kind of started basically. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome that like we're almost similar. Like I yeah, have a beard. I, I have a beard. You got a beard. Yes. I just, <laughs> <We're> both men. <laughs> and I, the sense of humor, the video production, I'm like, okay, I just could tell that, that this dude is in a similar headspace to me and he loves video games, but like yeah, loves them. Absolutely. And so I got to get him on. And, uh, but I do think you're a little bit younger than me. What year were you born? Uh, 83. So I'm 37. Oh, you are. You're uh, older than me. Okay. 83. No way. Were you born? Uh, I was born in 85. You born and raised in Canada? Yeah. I'm, I'm from uh, Hamilton, Ontario. It's just outside Toronto. Okay, you were born in 83. Was your first console the, the regular Nintendo, the NES? No, I actually had the Master System, Sega Master System. Ooh, that's the, I had the first time I've been wrong in like 18 episodes. I was going to, actually, I wasn't going to guess that. I was going to guess either 20, the Atari 2600 or the NES, but I should have guessed the Master System because I forget that Sega, especially in Europe and Canada, was way bigger than Nintendo. And uh, I should have I, I was actually like one of the only Sega kids growing up. Really? Everyone had Nintendo. Yeah, I had an NES. I got one eventually, but I never had a Super Nintendo. I went to the Genesis. Uh, me neither. Me, I was a, that's interesting because Nintendo was definitely... I mean, I knew other kids that had Genesis, but I was on the rare side because I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I thought in Canada, maybe it's just Europe. I'm, I know in, for sure in Europe, like the UK, Sega, like the number of units moved on those consoles, the early 8-bit and 16-bit consoles. Sega like dominated Nintendo in Europe. I thought Canada was the same, but I could be wrong on that. Sounds like I am. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Maybe. I think... Like Nintendo just had that marketing power, that leverage. Like they were just insane. Like like Sega had that like teenage raw like badass sort of thing, but but Nintendo had that market cornered. Uh, I, I, like that's just the way I remember it because it was on like every cereal box, TV shows, all that shit was like Nintendo all the time. Yeah. What was it? Uh, you guys have different prices on some games, right? You have to pay extra. I've had like five Canadians on. Uh, you guys love <laughs> video games. It's crazy. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> yeah, we, we we pay like I think right now it's like ten dollars more than what you more. would have it, like ten okay. or fifteen. If you were to do the exchange rate, it's something around there. It's bullshit, but it is what it is. What do you remember from the Master System? I'm not super familiar with the games on that system. I've only played a few on emulator. I remember there was like super bare bones, super basic. I remember a lot of games and stuff like that but it i remember like i was so young i just stuck to what was on the console because that's when you had games that were built into the console mm. so you had uh you had hang on you had safari hunt which was like a, a light gun game uh and then you had like a secret snail maze game that you had like hold b while it was like reset or something like that i vaguely remember that but i do remember renting a lot of games i just don't remember what games i played like wonder boy i think Maybe the Ghostbusters. Yeah. I always remember like the, the box art with like the grid lines and stuff. Like I always remember that stuff, but like. Yeah, Altered Beast. I think Altered Beast was probably the first game I ever played, and it was on the Master System at somebody else's house. And I must have been like four at the I time. I didn't know Altered Beast was... I thought it was only on the Genesis. 
You look it up, look it up. Like I, for some reason, I just remember that. And if it was on the master system, it probably looked like fucking shit. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah. It looks way worse. It looks terrible. <laughs> there we go. That's why it's not as popular because the Genesis port was like one of the first good. Oh my gosh. The frame rate is like four. <laughs> <laughs> it is terrible. Wow. But it is. Yeah. It's on the master system and there's that transformation that you, uh, sort of played a riff on. Dang. Yeah. Master System had Alter Beast. I did not know that. And I also didn't know that there was like games stored on the system. Yeah, the one I had, like maybe there were different models. I don't remember if it if they had different models back then, but yeah, it had it had three. And one of them was secret, and I have no idea why it was secret. It makes no sense. For retro afternoons, uh, you, you notice the grid lines. Why did you, I, I'm, by the way, I'm like super all over the map. So we'll be <laughs> jumping. That's just how my brain works. Yeah. Cause you good. mentioned the grid lines and I noticed you went with like this, uh, 80s synth wave. Yeah. Like what, what led you to for that, like sort of branding or that style? So basically, um, I'm, I'm big into irony and stuff like that. And I'm also like into synth wave too. And I, I really love how that, uh, that music genre just like blew up in the last like five or six years. But for me it's like when you look at like the the new wave of like 80s retro stylings and stuff everybody's all over like the sunsets and the far cry blood dragon type thing like when they first started it kind of like hit it off with like power glove the band like hitting it off with all the like crazy 80 retro stuff and it's all about like those grid lines uh the sunsets uh the outrun type driving things so i was like okay i'm just gonna kind of like steal these ideas too and a lot of my show like is just an amalgamation of all these ideas and just kind of things that people like have made popular or really love. And I like using things ironically um, because like even in my first episode where it's like, me trying to do a YouTube thing before I get sucked into this world. I do like some completely ironic things because like everybody has figures and posters and stuff in their background, but I got like the shittiest figures that I own and put them <laughs> in the background, like, like the Final Fantasy eight figures, uh, like a spawn <gasps> figure that's missing stuff. Oh, don't How tell me you like you? Final Fantasy eight. Don't tell me. How dare We're going to have to get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I just got like the shittiest things I own and just threw it in the background, just like as nice. an ironic thing. What's but, the plan for the show? Is it so one part? I, I, it seems like you're fairly new. Like I caught you before you blew up, which I can be a hip, hipster kid. Be like, I knew that guy before he was famous. Ha! If, uh, if I blow up, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm very modest. We'll see. It's a very brutal world out there on the social media. So yeah. I get, I get your feeling, your apprehension. But I think you have really cool content. And I definitely think you're going to find an audience. Is it so? Is the main like the hero? It's the main thing like the episodes on YouTube, and it's supposed to be like a TV series. And then you're cutting up highlights for different various social media. Is that the plan? Yeah. So basically, what I do is is I I shoot myself playing a retro game. Usually, it's a game that I either haven't played before and heard about, or it's something I never played enough in the past, or maybe beat, and I want to see it through this time. Mm. Um, I will be doing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff, which I beat like millions of times. I will be doing those, but those will be more of like a reward episode where it's like uh. I did good and I'm allowed <laughs> to pick what game I can play. Because the, the, one of the main themes in the show is like just suffering and like getting fucked over constantly by this universe because they don't want me to leave. They just want to get my energy out of me sort of thing. I know it sounds silly or whatever, but... Well, I was going to uh, ask, is it uh in your mind, it, are there like deeper sort of symbolism with that comedy about how you feel about the actual real world geopolitical issues or is that just a, a plot device um it's it's a little bit of both like i like i'm very dark person uh i'm sarcastic and and i have I, I have like a sadistic sense of humor um and my life 
has sort of gone in different ways where like I have suffered and I have had to like see through some dark times and stuff like that. So this to me is like just playing off of like what I already know, what I've already lived. Mm. Um, and, and I've always had a sense of humor through the whole thing. So this is kind of like everything I can do, everything that I am is just kind of going into this and everything I like. Um, so basically like, I just don't want to be another streamer or just a guy doing long plays. Like I, I don't like watching. Exactly. I, I don't like look, watching streams that me neither. Like I, and yeah, you are, I mean, I, like I want to motivate you because like you, act, <laughs> when I ran across your shit, I'm like, ah, oh, finally, this is some content that I actually, I'm stoked to see what he puts up next because it's like that passion. Like I could just tell I'm like, this guy's all in, like he's, he's putting, he's just, he's putting so much work and so many details into something that most people are just going to like do the duck face, stick their ass in the air, take a picture and post it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I get anyway. So like, it's awesome. And I'm glad. And you said like, this is everything I've lived. It's, this is like uh, all your, your life experience funneled into some sort of creative outlet. And it happens to be like, you like all the similar shit that I like. So the content ends up being awesome and not only that i think you're going to get better at it like it's same thing with music you look back at some of the every time i listen to tracks i made like a decade ago i'm like my god i can't (laughs) believe like anyone booked me like jesus christ (laughs) that's so terrible and i'm sure because you're correct you're going to get better and you're going to look back at episode one like i love it but at the same time the show is way better i know it's going to get better what are your uh do you have like uh like have you architected sort of like a how do i say this like what ends up happening or are you kind of winging it like I'm going to create the meta story as I go or do you have some ideas of where you where you want the show to go I have flagpole points like I know where I'm going to go next and where I'm going to go here after that and sort of thing I don't have like a set thing I'm not like this is going to be one season it's over and done uh this is going to be like as long as I could do it sort of thing like in the show you'll see you see at the end of the show when I'm showing the results of like how I did uh there's like a counter that counts down yes that that's a huge number and you may think like well he's only it's only going down like so slow and it's like well I'm going to have things in there like mechanics that are going to like eat away at it quicker sometimes and stuff to bring it down. And at some point, like I might make it to almost the bare bottom and, and like what's going to happen when I run out of that run, run that counter down sort of thing. But I do have like a larger idea of where this is going. I have pages of ideas. Like when I first Mm. had this idea, I was like, okay, I got an idea. Like here it is. This is what I'm going to do. It's going to be fun. And then every night I go to bed, I'm laying in bed trying to sleep for three hours and I'm just hopping on my phone, writing down more ideas, like character ideas, uh, like whatever, like I'm playing a game or I'm watching a movie and I'm like, Oh, like this, this would be funny if this happened instead, or or I should do this and do that. Um, it's like the character select screen that I made. I was like, I need to have a character select screen in this fucking thing because I think it's going to be hilarious. And I need to learn how to do green screening, but it has to be in there where like I pick my character like you would in a game and whether or not I decide to like actually act like that character or if I'm just dressed up and like cosplaying or whatever, I'll, I'll figure that out as I go yeah, along yeah, yeah. because I'm not an actor. It's like, that's like yeah. the only thing I'm, I can't do right now. Like I've, I've written my theme song, I've written music for the show. I've shot it all. I've edited it all. I've done all the graphic design, everything like, but I can't act. Sorry. Like I can't, I can't do every single thing. I, I, to answer your question, like I do have an overarching thing. And the main thing still is, is like discovering games and showing people and showcasing the highlights and like laughing at it. But I did want to add that story element that kind of connects everything together as like an an addition. Because like I said, I don't want to be a streamer. and I don't want to be just like throwing highlights of like, look at this headshot and all that shit. Like I, I don't consume that. 
as a gamer, it doesn't really interest me. Like sometimes cool, like sometimes cool things happen and you want to see it. Sure. But like, I will not watch a person play a game if I can play it myself. So like, I just, I just don't get it. So I saying that though, like at some point I do want to do some streaming events but I want it to be very interactive where people influence what's happening. So if like, I'm going to play a wrestling game, I want people to pick like who I'm going to pick or whatever, or fighting game, whatever. And we do like a tournament and somehow people pick stipulations that kind of get me a bit. Cause I want it. I want people to just like, be like, we're going to fuck this guy over. Cause I get a lot of kicks out of being fucked over. Like it's just, <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's just really funny to be like, Jesus Christ. Cause when you watch my show, it's just me like complaining. And that's just, that's just me. I like that. That. I like being like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, yes. I love that stuff. And I, and I think people would yeah. love that too. I think the audience would love it to be like involved and like screw me around while I'm playing a game. And I just, I just love that idea. We definitely have a, a similar sense of humor. You, you uh, spoiler alert, I got hooked up with an early episode you sent me about 30 minutes ago or a part of an episode. I don't know if it was the whole, it was the, it whole, was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw the ending with the, uh, how much money you ended up spending. You didn't hit the goal and then you had like parentheses like fucking shit or something. Like very self-deprecating. And then you pointed out some of the ridiculousness of things in retro games, which is what I try to do. It's like, I'll I'll drink a little bit, I'll pl- play a game I've never played and then I try to just talk shit on all the things that don't make sense <laughs> and how like ridiculous it is. And then hopefully in an hour, I'll have like one good 10 second highlight. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's like actually kind of funny. And it, I liked how that game totally had Jabba the Hutt in AT-ATs. Yeah. <laughs> it, like it, a complete it, rip. Yep. And, and looking back at it, I see other things I didn't notice the first time. And it's just like, they just stole assets from everywhere. And I don't everywhere. know, I yeah. don't know how it was released. I don't, it probably wasn't in an arcade. Maybe it was in Korea because it's a Korean game. I don't know. Like there's a deeper story there for that game. I don't want to ruin it for, well, actually it'll be out by the time this comes out, but it would definitely because uh, I'm super slow on my turn around. I'm just warning you right now. <laughs> so, so the, it's episode five and it's going to be Sparkman. And basically Sparkman is like this asset ripped game of just anything like Madonna's in it, Jabba the Hutt's in it. Uh, other shit like it's just like how does this game fucking exist like where i want to see a cartridge of it to be honest but anyway i, I don't hey, know anyway that actually leads me to my next question which i think you just answered you're playing on emulator for all this stuff right yeah yeah because it, it'd be impossible to get it'd be most impossible. of this stuff yes and uh so are you are you like uh recording your screen uh, this is some technical stuff and if you're not into technical video or whatever you can fast forward this part but i'm curious <laughs> So are you using something like OBS recording your screen and then do you have like a, a mirrorless or a DSLR camera set up somewhere that you're recording on a separate? Like how are you? Yep. What's your technical setup to capture all this? Yeah. So, so one, so before I get into that, one thing I love doing is behind the scenes stuff. So I've been taking behind the scenes like footage and things and I am going to post that because I Sweet. like seeing behind the scenes stuff of, of what people are doing, like how it's made. Um, so I will be posting that stuff. So basically for me, I have a DSLR camera right above my TV. So I'm playing right on my TV and I'm screen capping everything with uh, an Elgato capture card onto my computer. Um, So what I did was the first... Actually, it was uh, episode three, four, and five. I was just recording straight off the DSLR because I couldn't figure out how to make it like a slave webcam sort of thing. But now I figured it out. And I was running into trouble where I was just recording with DSLR and it runs for 30 minutes and then shuts off. So I would have this to... This is the same problem I've been having. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to 
keep track of the time so you can pause the game. It's impossible. I gave up. Yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. So it it works fine when you're cutting up my, when I cut up my show, but when you see the long play, you'll see that it like kind of stops for a second and then it it continues on and it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like I, that is what it is. But apparently like my Canon DSLR can be a webcam. I just need to get it all synced up and then I probably have to use something like OBS, Mm. uh, to do both things at once. So I, that's something I got to figure out. If it doesn't work, I'll just go back to the way I've been doing it, which is fine. Well, I think that I, I, am actually on the opposite. So I, I borrowed a friend's like Sony a 600 or whatever one of their, their, uh, he has three of the a seven and a six. He, my friend runs a YouTube channel. Shout out to Kuma films. Um, he's got a bunch of cool camera gear and I'm like, I want to try this DSLR out. Cause apparently it has native, uh, like, webcam functionality built into it and i got it all set up but i couldn't get the frame rate the frame mm-hmm. rate was like really bad but everything else was good so as, as a workaround i was looking at elgato capture cards it's like okay mm-hmm. maybe i'll just do that but then i run into the problem of every 15 or 30 minutes depending on the model you're going to turn off and then there's like some firmware hacks you can do i guess to get around that and it's just like oh my god all this work just <laughs> to get like a you know because i have a 4k logitech webcam that's what i have yeah. right now and it's like I see content like yours and I'm like, fuck, I want like a better camera. It looks so good. Like, and I had these ideas of how I could make my content better. And I started going down that path and I'm like, this is so much goddamn work and troubleshooting just Mm -hmm. to get like a slightly better webcam. It's like, (laughs) ah, but anyway, this is why nobody does does that. Like the, yeah, there's the production value is low because it's just too much for most people. And it's like, we have the ability, the technical ability and knowledge to do this stuff. And we're like, fuck's sakes, like we got to do this much. So what, what's like the regular person going to do? They're just going to take a selfie of themselves holding a controller and then get like 30,000. And they have big tits. It's going to work out really great for them. <laughs> yeah, which I don't. I don't. My breasts are Marconi shaped. Mine are big. I just for some reason people don't like hairy man tits. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't get why it's not working for me. I I did do a video in a sports bra making fun of. Uh, there was like some. Like period commercial for like a tampax or something for gamer girls. Like some girl did a promo and it was bad. And I did Ugh. like a, I did like a fake, like a spoof on it. It did mm-hmm. really well on TikTok, but Instagram, you're on TikTok, right? I think I followed you. I, I've used it a little bit. I have to like jump back on it and do a bit more, but I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, Bro, oh, you got to do it. I think your shit will pop. TikTok is so much more content starved than Instagram is, especially for niche content. Mm. You know, the demand for video game content and the supply is very asymmetrical so look the the amount of forward momentum i get on tiktok like i started in pandemic i have like 500 followers on instagram i have thirteen thousand on tiktok holy shit that's crazy yeah you know what the problem is is that i don't shoot anything vertical and when i try to crop it to vertical it takes out everything right like because you can't crop out stuff that was already landscaped you're a little bit different because you're doing like a tv show i have sort of changed my obs template and kind of resized things in a way where mm-hmm. i can use it on instagram and youtube and tiktok so like i'll save it to like a regular like six, 16 by 9 4k is like my raw file and it has my webcam and my gameplay footage 
and then I can cut that and edit that on YouTube. And then I have a Premiere template that's like been preset with a bunch of crap. If I just drag the footage in, it'll automatically make three layers, crop it, make the mask on my whatever. It took a while to figure that out. And it, you can work, but it means that when I shoot things, especially certain games, like I have to be conscious of not like spending a lot of time on the edges of the frame, like yeah. playing, because I know it's going to be cropped for TikTok and there'll be nothing there. And so it, it is kind of a pain in the ass to try to keep that in mind. And with what you do, because you're doing like a TV show, basically. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to hopefully like, if there's a highlight that you want to make a TikTok clip, you'd have to just cross your fingers and hope it works when it's cropped. Maybe like, you have to move the crop around like every sh- shot. It, there's You wouldn't be able to like standardize it like me and just have it like preset. That would yeah, suck. Yeah, it would have to follow... Damn. You have to follow it around. You have to keyframe it and stuff like yes, that. It's that's so it much is, it's work. it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And when, like I said, like I'm doing everything already. I just want people to consume my content, and it's like, oh my god, like I need to like reframe and crop all this stuff. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like it's just it's so much. It's so much. I think Adobe has like some sort of like auto crop AI thing. I've watched a video on it where it'll reframe based on the subject. Like Mm. it'll look at a face or something and it'll automatically do it. I don't know. That's just like something in the back of my head that could be a solution for you. The reason I would push you there is I think your shit is dope. And I think that you could get a lot of eyeballs to your YouTube channel to consume like your really meaty content. If you could somehow find a way to reuse your content in an efficient manner and get some of that up on TikTok. In my experience, it's uh, I get much more bang for my buck time wise because I just post the same thing. I like I create the same highlights. I put them both as Instagram. Instagram and TikTok. And I've been doing them side by side since day one to sort yeah. of compare how the content does. 90% of the time, the TikTok content does much better. Every once in a while, something on Instagram will pop and it won't work on TikTok, but it's almost the other way around. And the I can see through analytics, like the TikTok drives way more traffic to the podcast and the website and other things and gets eyeballs onto my meteor content than, than Instagram. Instagram is just literally one of the most brutal markets <laughs> to put content up it is so brutal yeah okay so so two things one it's awesome that you told me about that because i don't have like any analytical data to know like instagram or tiktok which one's better so it's great to know that now because now it'll motivate me to uh to do something about that um the second thing is is yes instagram is terrible so the job that i'm working now is i work for a, a real estate team and they're all about like instagram because realtors for whatever fucking reason just want their face all over instagram to be models like <laughs> fake models it's bullshit i can go into it if i'm not they're just they're just really uh i don't know really into themselves so they really want me to keep pushing the numbers up on instagram and the stuff that i see on there like when i gotta like dig deep and stuff it just hurts my soul because it's just like this is garbage and yeah, these people are just yeah. all over this stuff and this is their life and this means a lot to them and it's like this is like shit sorry like shit real shit it's very thin content again, which goes back to like, I don't know exactly someone I'm like a mutual friend or someone I follow must have liked the, it came up and, and I don't ever use the explore feed. So like, I don't know. I honestly don't know how I found your profile, but once I found <laughs> it, I was like, okay, this is actually content. That's like a meal. It's like meat and potatoes. Like if you're into gaming, <laughs> like this, there's something here other. And, uh, I don't know if it's like, sometimes I wonder, are we old men? Because like we look at streamers and like, 
why would I ever watch? I've never watched right. someone play a game. But obviously, there's this huge market for it. So it's like, am I a crotchety old man and I'm making <laughs> irrelevant bullshit content? Or is there, you know, I know there's a market for like, I'm the market for your content. I, I just don't know how many people like me are out there. Right. So, so on my Facebook group, I have like, I, I only really started the Facebook group at the beginning of the year and I have like 1400 people already. Um, and I've, I've been pushing it a bit. Like I've kind of thrown some money into ads and stuff to kind of get my videos in front of people and, and, and certain things like that, because it's so hard to get above water when you're like in this sea of like all this content with all these other people. Yes. So it's like, I got, I don't mind throwing a little bit of money at it to kind of like get my head above water and someone can see me waving for help. And they're like, Oh, look at this guy. And they come see my content or whatever. Um, but like Facebook's doing pretty good. My Instagram's kind of okay. And like, like I know how to do SEO and all this stuff. It's just, it's tough to get above water and it's tough to get people to watch something that's longer than five seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I knew that going yeah, in no. because I consume like episodes. Like when I watch stuff, I want to watch something that's like five, 10, 20 minutes long or whatever. Like all my favorite things in the world are like epic three parters. You know, like I love Lord of the Rings. I love Mad Max. I, I, I like some of my favorite games are like three, four parts series and it's just like i love these long fucking storylines so when i made this i was like obviously i can't do that and make these epic long plays so that's why i whittled it down but my compromise is like keep it under 10 minutes and i'll eventually find this audience that can watch this on their lunch break or actually want to consume this while they're waiting in line or on the bus or whatever because i don't want to make like vapid 5 10 second 30 second reels of me dancing or something stupid you know i want i want something more i want to add more and have like more flavor and color and just just more than just oh it's a video game yeah. Yeah. There's a, like this the idea. I think that's what resonated is like you're trying to do something more than what the, the standard is. And I have some different uh, ideas on what I'm trying to, I get really, I get really into, uh, do you play on, so you're playing on PC. Do you get into like ROM hacks and conversion mods in sort of that world or are you just emulating stuff? As I just, they were? I, yeah, I just do like the as they were original mm. thing. So, like I am emulating the stuff from like the PC and whatnot. And I am a console gamer too. Like I have all like almost every major console and I, I play like modern day games too and everything. But like for me, it, this might be going off on a tangent or whatever. And it kind of goes back to like why I want to do retro af- afternoons. It's like for me growing up, my parents would always rent me games like every weekend or every other weekend. And like I've played thousands of games because of that. And and I'm still like that now where like I have a game, I play it all the way through. I don't really abandon any games. I played them all the way through. And it's kind of like reading a book or watching a movie where it's like, boom, done that game, next game. And I just keep playing more games. So with Retro Afternoons, it's like I'm trying to um, bring that back for me where it was like you go to the video store, you're looking at all the box art, you don't know what you're going to get. You rent this game and it could be good. It could be yep. absolute shit. You don't yep. know. And you you take it home, you put it in. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, this is too hard, even though it was probably like the worst fucking game ever. But you didn't really know what you're going to get. And as an adult, I want to go back and and see these games (laughs) that I grew up with and just have that like sense of wonder of like, what am I going to get? Like, what what kind of game is this? Is this going to be shit? Is it going to be funny? Is it going to be great? Like, is it going to be my new favorite game? And that, that's kind of what I want to do with the show. But yeah, I just went off on a tangent there. Sorry, but like, that's, I don't know. It's just recreating that, like going to the video store and just picking something based on the marketing and box art that they're giving yes. you. 
Yes. We've talked about that on the podcast a few times with different guests, the magic of the Blockbuster trip or the Hollywood video trip or whatever your mm-hmm. local video store was is, uh, you know, I, I put out a song called JRPG Sundays once because I was, or biking to Blockbuster was another one. So I would ride my bike. <laughs> Like across the fucking town. Now that I think about it, I would never let my kids like ride as far. Like yeah. it's just a different time back in. You know, parents weren't worried about like I guess yeah. child molesters and stuff. But I would ride. It would take me like forty five minutes to an hour and a half, depending on which video store I was going to, to get there on my bike. And then I would take you know I would, I would save up my chore money, whatever, ride my bike there, have a grocery bag on my handlebar, and I would spend an hour because you're right. All you had was the marketing material, and sometimes you got fucked over, and so. You you were like you learning how to like tell like if, and you look at every screenshot you read all the text and you, there's no internet and you would maybe like whittle it down to four or five after 30 minutes and then you mm-hmm. go over the cases again now you got to whittle those four and five down to one and then you finally decide like this is what i'm going to try and you pay for it with your hard-earned money and then you ride your bike for another <laughs> hour to get home and you finally put it in it's it's like there is something there that's missing i love the convenience of digital gaming and emulators and yeah Ultimately, you get more bang for your buck, especially like with emulation and save states, like learning how to beat a game mm-hmm. and being able to like drill certain areas. So it's just like it's worth its weight in gold as far as time savings. But there is a magic to, you know, the nostalgia of simpler times and the, the market. I mean, we both deal in nostalgia content. I guess you could say yeah. like that there is like an appetite for that because I do think people recognize there is something missing from when times th- that were simpler that we don't have anymore. And I think things are better overall as far as the average quality of life for the average person globally. I bet it's better, but there is something we're missing and like going to the video store would be something like that. That's an experience that just doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Yeah. And and you know what? Like I've, I've thought about this stuff a lot and it kind of started with Netflix. So you have that thing where like you have all these things at your fingertips, all these shows. What am I going to watch? And you start something for 10 minutes. You're like, uh, there's this other thing I kind of want to watch. So yes. you abandon that. Go to the next one. Go to this yes. one. Go to whatever. So it, it turns into you're not appreciating what you have. So for me, it was like when you rented a game, you didn't dare take it back. You didn't say mom and dad, Hey, can you take this game back? No, you no. fucking played that for the three days. And then you, then you, yes. <laughs> then you, you never you rented it again. Yeah. yeah. You did. You did what you could and you, but you still appreciated it. You know what I mean? Cause you just had that one thing. It's like when someone bought you a game or when you got one from like your birthday money, it was like, you appreciated that you appreciated owning that. And that was like the shit. Even, even my friends like would get like the worst games and they would still play it and we'd all still play it. Cause that's what we had. But yes. now it's like, like, uh, like Microsoft Game Pass. Like that is like the Woo! craziest, best deal ever. ever. And I knew, I knew it was going to be before it was released. I was like, this is, this is fucking it, guys. Like you need I've to be on Microsoft. Yeah. I've had it since day one. I've had it since day one. It's amazing. And see, for me, like it's, it's amazing. And I, but I don't bounce around to too many games, but I know a lot of my friends who have it too. They're just like, uh, I didn't really like control. So I went over and I played, uh, <gasps> something else. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Like I are love control. A, I, lo- I love remedy. Contr- are you control fan? I love control. I love Alan Wake. I'll t- I could talk about that after, but ah! like just, 
Yes. What, you don't like it? Oh, you like no. it? Do you like it? Uh, people are sleeping on control. I think, I mean, yeah. yes, it, it got game of the year, but people still like don't give it. It is in my top five, which is like really wow. Now it's, it's, I play, it's played there. it three times because after the new the new DLCs came out, and then they officially connected to the Alan Wake universe, and you yeah. talk to Alan Wake in the third one, and like the next game's gonna have bullets. Like ah, oh! and I, I, I try, yes, I love Control. So so Remedy like they like. <laughs> Like like their world building, I love world building. It's like the it's best. obvious, it's obvious, and yes. and they have it. Um, what's his name? His name is uh Sam Lake. Sam Lake, yeah. Sam Lake, yeah. So he like holy fuck, like I eat up every piece of paper that you can find in that game. I read all the yep. like all the pieces that just like kind of connect everything. I want to see everything in those games. Like Alan Wake was like that. Controls one hundred percent like that. And it's like like when I I play games because it's an adventure, it's an experience. I want to like live in this world and like just escape it's an escapism yeah. right so control uh, is the one of the only games that have, that use that mechanic of world building where you have to read item descriptions and notes control was like most of the time i, I read some of them and i kind of skip it like even dark souls i love dark souls but controls world and lore is so fresh and unique and engaging I read I, there was not a single note or item or like extracurricular activity that I did not consume at a hundred percent with that game three times yeah. through. It's the yeah, best. I, it's the best. Yeah. yeah, and they have all the videos. Like you can watch all the yes. director stuff. The and little just, uh, the little kids cart, like fictional kids. Yeah, cartoon the, they made the fucked up fucked up cartoon. <laughs> yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's just there's so much love and care put into this stuff and that's that like again that's what i'm trying to do with with retro afternoons it's like i can only do so much as one person uh if i had another one of me or two of me like i had clones like we would like do some amazing stuff it's just i can't carry the camera around and do all these crazy things but yeah but it's like that's kind of what i want to do like that world building and like having those secrets in there and easter eggs and and stuff like like what you're doing too with your content it's like i i love that stuff because i love i love shows like lost or like twin peaks like where it's just like there's mm. surrealism and it's absurd and weird and there's things happening in the background and you're like what was that and you got to rewind it just like i love weird stuff like that and i want to introduce that more but it's i need to lay the groundwork and hopefully people follow me enough that i can put those easter Easter eggs that I kind of planted in like episode three and then I use them again in episode 20 and someone's like oh there's a connection here and it turns into this like crazy world of like all these weird things that I put in there and like snuck in and whatever but I don't know but anyways we went off on a huge tangent there with control but like amazing game amazing, amazing. franchise like everything yeah, I, they do. I think you should do that. I mean, again, I don't know if it's going to resonate with everybody, but I thought it was very apparent. And I wonder if there's like some sort of a marketing background might play in because I've spent a decade analyzing sites and then analyzing how I feel when I'm interacting with something so I can extrapolate that and know how other people are going to feel. But it's just like the moment I ran across your page, even though I hadn't started finding the Easter eggs, I was like, oh, I know that there's depth to this content. Mm. And I think uh, I think it'll be a slow. I mean, if I were to guess, I bet you're going to have a slow grind. But over time, you're going to get fans, and those fans are going to be real fans. And I think that's what the internet is turning into. I think the days of the A-list movie star are dead, and even the days of like a Joe Rogan podcast are dead because it's, as it's like it's becoming more decentralized, and you're in like fame is becoming more spread out, and you have less super famous people, mm -hmm. but you have content creators and people who are in their niche 
that the people who are into that, like that is their version of a, of a Joe Rogan or a Tom right. Cruise or whatever. And I really think that if you, I mean, I understand the grind of the, the content you're creating, but if you kept it up and you, and you finished the full season and then you were able to somehow like take clips and repurpose them and, and, and use the, the paid promotions and get eyeballs to your site, I think there's going to be one to 5% of people, depending on, you know, the targeting and how you get people there that are going to stick and they're going to be huge fans. Like I, I'm excited to see. Like I watched. Uh, I've pretty much gone through all the episodes now, and uh, I, I I sort of get it. But it's also like I don't really know where. There's still I have no idea where you're gonna go. Like is yeah. this just is this just gonna like okay? I know I get the gist. He's gonna go through a bunch of games and say funny shit and do highlights. But there's also like a meta narrative going on. But again, like you're only laying the groundwork. And it's you know how when you're watching a comedy or something and you like you haven't quite figured out like the style of that comedy and hasn't like sunk in yet because right. you don't know where it's like that's just as a as a user who's a fan of your content like i i still feel like i don't quite know exactly and maybe you don't know maybe you're still figuring it. i don't know well like i was saying like i do have ideas it's like just how am i going to get there and how am i going to do it yeah when i when my hands are kind of tied technically when i don't have somebody else helping me to like yeah. do certain shots or whatever because because when i when i picture this in my mind it's like i'm going to have episodes where i'm gaming and whatever and that's kind of why i have like the dialogue bits before i game just to kind of move the story along a little bit. But I'm going to have episodes that are more more of like a TV show or like where it's filmed in my house, but it's like the uh, digital recreation of my house. So in, in one of the episodes, you see me kind of wake up and it's like purple. So kind of like the yeah. matrix idea where like when you're in the matrix, it, it's green. So I kind of borrowed that idea. It was like when I'm in the retroverse, it's, it's purple. So you kind of know it has that like purple pinkish hue. Mm. So I'm going to be, they're going to, the retroverse is going to give me my house basically. And I'm able to walk around my house. So it's going to be like, well, why is he filming in his kitchen? Well, it's like, it's the digital recreation of his kitchen. So that's kind of going to let me open up a bit so that I can do more things that just isn't in my one fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's like, it's not like I have a huge budget and I can't like do something crazy in my garage. You know, like I can only do so much with, with, with the money that I have. So it's just like, I'm trying to think of creative ways to like, like spend no money, but be able to progress the story and do more fun things. So I can do those episodes where it's, there's no gameplay, but it's more of like a couple like skits and moving the story along and like at some point I get to see I get to talk to my wife again um, and the joke is it's like the, the the AI character that I do the dialogue with that sets the game stuff up is my wife but she's just kind of uh, doing like a monotone voice and her, her name is Ashley and in the thing it's called Ash like the uh, artificially simulated helper or whatever so it's just like these like little stupid things I'm just like yes. throwing together and uh, I, I even toyed with the idea is like well what if it was like uh, Wizard of Oz where like I just wake up and like none of this actually happened and it was just like this weird fever dream and like all my family was there and like my wife was the robot and whatever I was like maybe you do that but I don't, but I don't really want to do that I want it to be like I'm actually like in this place and eventually I got to get out that move worked for Wizard of Oz but now when it happened when when anything sort of ends up being like fake a dream or a vision yeah it's, a, it's an easy yeah it's yeah. an easy thing to just like throw out there like oh he's dead all along like yeah. it's just like something stupid like I, I don't yeah. want 
want to do that. But again, like if I ever reach the end, I don't know how I'm going to make this so spectacular where I'm like <laughs> getting out of there with all these visual effects and it's like uh, a fucking Avengers level CGI. And like, you know what I mean, like, did you ever maybe see one day. Uh, Kung Fury? Yeah. Yeah. I could see maybe like if, you, if this goes on for a long time and, and you gain enough momentum, maybe you can get to the point where you are getting some support and outsourcing some help right. for green screen stuff. And maybe down the road, I mean, Kung Fury was done with a, by a bunch of people with some money and, and talent, but I think the barriers to entering the tools and the ability to, to collab and be able to, to make things with a lower budget, obviously every year it gets better. I mean, to do what mm-hmm. you're doing now, 10 yeah. years ago would be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. To, e- to even think of like, oh, what, like, could I have done this 10, 15, 20 years ago? No. If, if it was me now going back, it's like technically no, because you wouldn't yeah, be able to afford able any to. of this. Yes. First of all. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it, it is amazing that you can do whatever. Like I could shoot this whole thing off my phone if I wanted to. The quality yeah. wouldn't be there, but the, the phone will do it all. It's yep. good enough. So it is pretty amazing. So we've covered the retroverse a lot, but I want to, and I, I, I can obviously tell some of the uh, inspiration you're picking up from the games that you played growing up. But as you mentioned, a lot of these games you've never played before. Where are you getting your, like, how are you deciding which games to try? Is a better way to ask it. Yep. So, so basically, like, you have like thousands of games to pick from, right? So I'm, I've been going through them and making notes. So I have like this huge list of like, oh, these are the, the best games or whatever. And then I have like, like just like stupid notes of like, so like Spark Man, my notes would have been like Jabba the Hutt, what the fuck is this game, whatever. And it's like, I got to play this <laughs> game sort of thing. Right. So it's like, I'm looking for these games that are like, I can tolerate it or they're just brutally hard and stupid or whatever. And I just look at it. And I'm like, this is going to be good content. And I knew something like Spark Man was going to be good because like, why is Jabba in this? Why is an ATST in this? Why is Madonna in this? It's just like, this bizarre thing. Why are you riding a fucking horse all of a sudden? Like, it's just, it's my kind of like humor where it's just like, what the fuck is happening here? So I'm just kind of going through and picking some of these things out and some of these things that I've seen. I'm, I'm big on curating things. So I don't like to just go into Google and be like, well, the most fucked up games you can play. And it's like, no, I don't really want to do that. I want to like discover it myself. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure people know Sparkman, like a very niche group know what it is, but the, the general population doesn't know what the hell it is. But I came across that on my own. I didn't look it up. So, but, but it's just like, that's how I'm finding them. It's not like things I've seen over the years and like made a mental note, like one day you're going to make content and this video game needs to be in there sort of thing. It's sort, it's pretty serendipitous, really. Like the, a lot of the, the process is serendipitous where like I'm playing the game and it's, it's kind of like what you said earlier where you're doing something for an hour and hopefully you got a 10 second clip. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm playing yeah. these games and I'm just trying not to think about what's going on. I'm not trying to think like, Oh, that's going to be a clip or this is going to be whatever. And I'm not thinking about trying to make a moment. I'm just in the moment, kind of being myself, kind of playing it up a little bit and just enjoying the game and going through it and discovering what I'm going to discover. And I kind of want that authenticity to come through. And and then when I go back to like the editing bay, taking this like 45 minute, one hour thing and really chopping the hell out of it to get like the best bits. Like I, I get like the B level bits all together and it's still like 15, 20 minutes. And then I really keep chopping it, chopping, chopping. Yeah. And, and sometimes I got stuff and it's like, oh, I really want that in there, but it doesn't make sense because this other piece wasn't there. And I made a joke about something. So it's like, you're trying to build a story <laughs> out of all this time and make it like six, seven minutes. And it's really tough. But it, it like I said, like serendipity plays a, a huge part 
in this. And I, and I actually love it because even when I made music, um, like sometimes I'd have an idea. Other times I would just go in and start playing with sounds and the sound would kind of inspire me to do something or, or whatever. And just, just kind of just being in there and just stuff happens and you go with it and, and eventually you just follow the path and you end up with something at the end of it. Yeah. What's the first game that you thought blew your mind and may- maybe started you down this path that like, I'm a gamer, like this is what I'm about. For sure. The Sega Genesis was like the console where I really started for games. Like one of my all time favorite games is Streets of Rage 2. Like I've, yeah. I've rented that games a million times. I own it. That's like my favorite retro soundtrack. And, and again, like that played into the whole, like going into electronic music or whatever. Cause the whole soundtrack's basically like riffing on like top club hits at the time. Yeah. Um, like, like almost every single song, like you can be like, Oh, it's, it's actually this song or that song. But like that really set me down the path. And then there's, uh, like I loved, um, Kid Chameleon. Ooh. Like that, that's a weird one. Like my video store had that. We always rented that one what else is there so there's let me think for a second so ranger x is another one of my favorite games yes um, that's one uh that one's actually really expensive now i think yeah the, it is yeah the collectors that talk about that one because it's like the uh it's sort of the gen i don't know if it was initially like a competition but now in hindsight uh super nintendo has metal i think it's called metal warriors and genesis has ranger x and they're very similar yeah metal warriors that's what it is versus ranger x and Ranger X is, uh, it's like mechs, sci-fi, side-scrolling. And you, can't you get out of it too? Like you have a little guy you can get out of your mech? Yeah, you can go, you can go in and out of them and stuff. And, yes. and later yeah, on, yeah. like you, you have like an airplane. Like I'm not a huge like giant mech guy. Like I'm not big on these like kaiju battle things or whatever. But that game at the time for me was like, this is so cool. Like it's like Transformers and it, it, it the gameplay was good. The music was good. The visuals were really cool. And like that, that was just one of my favorite games growing up. And like there was that, there's Gunstar Heroes, which I loved. Yes. Um, all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle beat the shit at everything games. I loved all the beat em ups. To answer your question, like it's tough. Like when I look back on it, I was like nine, I think, and I was, and I beat Shining Force, the first one. And when I think about it now, it's like you were like eight or nine and you beat that fucking game. And it's, it's no joke because it's like a strategy RPG and there's equipment and there's strategy and you move things around. It's like, how did I beat that when I was a kid? So if I were, so thinking about it, like maybe around that time where I was taking it more seriously and playing more RPGs, cause that was initially like the first RPG I really got into and I'm an RPG mm. nut. And just to kind of like take it so seriously that I beat this, I don't even remember how long it takes to beat Shining Force, but I beat a game that probably at that age I shouldn't have been able to, or most Definitely. people don't. I don't I know. I think of my nine-year-old self, I'm like, I was way too goddamn dumb to beat Shining Force. There's no way I would have been able to beat that or, game. Or even patient. Like, yeah, en- patience, enough to be yeah. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this, I'm going to go into town and buy some equipment, and then I'm going to like move my units around. Like You just want to get in there and fuck shit up. Yeah. usually right and for me it's like even today like i don't mind reading and most people don't like reading games and it's fine um i don't play them non-stop because i can't handle it i gotta kill some shit sometimes but it, it, was, it was in that age it was in like 93 94 with those types of games so you got into rpgs with shining force which was going to be my uh next question is uh we you brought up rpgs a couple times and said that you're way into them uh, you are a little bit so you're a little bit older you're a little ahead i didn't play any rpgs but I ended up knowing what they were because some friends – I had a 
Genesis, but I didn't get into RPGs. And then I had some friends that had a Super Nintendo and showed me like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. some RPGs. I'm like, okay, these are cool. I had a friend that I went back and played around with Final Fantasy 1 on the NES because I had one. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But it, I ended up getting super excited about RPGs because of the hype on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually play one until I got Beyond the Beyond, which was the first PS1 RPG. And I got it launched because I was I had a PS1 and I was waiting for like, I can't wait until the PS1 gets an RPG. And even, and I think I was like 12 or 13. And even that was, uh, I didn't beat it. I got stuck like 75% through and didn't beat it until I was much older. And so I'm thinking about you beating Shining Force at nine years old. It's like, damn, that's actually yeah, pretty I impressive. Yeah, I, I didn't beat the second one. I think it was the second one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't beat the second one when that eventually came out. And I remember playing that from the beginning twice. I don't know why, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I did it or why I did. I didn't have a strategy guide. It's not like I had the internet at the time to look it up. Like even when I had, when I was playing Final Fantasy VII for like the third time and I'm like, how do you, how do you beat these fucking weapons? You know, yeah. like I, I didn't even have the internet because I was just one of those kids. It's like 1997. I'm, I still don't have the internet for some reason, but all my friends do. So you go to their house, make them print out 50 sheets. <laughs> <laughs> be yeah. like, hey, hey, I'm just over here to hang out with you for a second. But actually, can you go on the some Final Fantasy site and tell me how to beat Ruby Weapon, please? And like, like that was the time. So like, I don't know. I would have to go back in time and like watch myself play this and see like how how the fuck I beat it. That that would be interesting to to see, almost observe. Like, how does this little monkey figure out this game? At such a, like, I bet you had so much trial and error. You had time, obviously. Maybe, I, yeah, yeah. There has to be, or maybe I don't know. I like I'm trying to wrap my mind because Shining Force is not only is it an RPG, but it's a tactical RPG. Yeah, and I'm not like a military genius. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's a. I would have never guessed that would be like your first RPG. That like that's. I mean, it's a big in the RPG, especially JRPG world. Like it's a it's a decent sized brand. People are aware of it. Yeah, and it went on to do pretty well. But it's still that's a pretty obscure pick. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, especially for an RPG. Like when you look at like what Square was doing and stuff. Like like Square's always hit it out of the park, and or Square Enix now, whatever. And like the Super NES was like. Like they had Everything. the best, the best yeah. RPGs. Like it was amazing. Like when you look at those ones, like, yeah, you could beat that because you get what's happening. It's just like, yes. this guy goes and this guy goes and you pick this and you do that, whatever. But it's like, like I suck at chess. So I don't know why I was playing Shining Force. I don't even like chess. It probably so goes back to what we were saying. Like you didn't have a ton of options. So it's like, you got to make do with what yeah, games maybe. you have and you got to figure them out. Did you end up getting a PlayStation? Yep. After, yep. So after I, PS1? Yeah. So I, I got a PS1 and, uh, I got an N64 later, but like the PS1 was like, that was like RPG Renaissance. You yes. know what I mean? Like, it was just like, that's the console that had like the best stuff. And that's where RPGs for me really started to take off. Me too. Like, like, mean, like, yeah. final, like Final Fantasy VII, like everyone has great memories of that. And that's what really solidified it for me. Cause it, it just set the bar so fucking high. So and, high. And so high that like I went back and I played Final Fantasy VI. I never had a Super Nintendo. So I wanted to go back and play VI. I played a couple of the earlier ones that didn't really stick as much. VI was great, but it, it seven was like, holy shit, I really do love RPGs. RPGs and they could be amazing. And then that yep. set me down the path of like playing like Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and oh, like. Oh, so you all, got into the PC oh, like, man, isometric yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that stuff was just like. 
pages of reading and like, what are you going to do? You're going to be an asshole. You're going to be a good guy. You know what? Like it just went crazy. And even like the dungeon crawler ones, like uh, lands of lore, I think it was called by Westwood, like the command and conquer guys. Like it was just like, like, like the dungeon crawler ones, you know what I'm talking about? Like where you like, you move forward, like by a square, yes. square, yes. square, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Like even Lots got into those. those. Yeah. I, the beholder was one of those I played. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just, it just, yeah. PlayStation just fucking busted that wide open. And like I said before, like, like the Wipeout series, like all these things happen from Sony. Like Sony really like blew up, uh, like my, my hobby. Yeah. For me, the PS1 is the golden era. It's like, I obviously had games. My first console I got that I earned the money for was the Genesis. It was a big deal. I saved all this money to earn it. And it was, but for some reason, I I think it's also based on your age. I think whatever you're playing between like 11 to 16 Mm. is like really, those are your formative years where a lot of your taste and what you end up want yearning nostalgia wise right. i think there's like a magical time frame and that's for me it's like that coincide with the ps1 which is like brought gaming to a new mainstream and and like so many games and so many genres were either born or refined on the ps1 and like my whole channel all my everything it built is like throw calls back to the ps1 because it's like that's the golden years for me and uh mm-hmm. you mentioned wipeout and all the rpgs i it's interesting that you got into PC stuff because I got into all the RPGs because of the PS1, but I didn't have access to a PC. I had a couple of friends and I would play Icewind Dale at my friend's house, but I'd only get like an hour or two at a time, maybe once Which a week. Which is nothing. Which is like, <laughs> that game's too deep. It's, it's, it's too one big. conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I loved it. And I loved the idea. And I thought, remember thinking like the graphical style was really cool, but I could never like really dig into the PC world. He had missed as well, yeah. which I, I remember being totally pun intended mystified by mist. <laughs> Just like, like, this is so crazy, but mm-hmm. that's interesting. So you had a PC at home, I'm assuming? Yeah, I, I got it a little bit later. Like, I was one of the late people who, like, didn't have a PC for a while, but it was, it was like, late 1997 when I got into it and whatever. And, and another big, like, genre that I was into was, like, like even, like, one of the first games I played on P- PlayStation was Twisted Metal. Like, oh, yeah. I, I've, I've belonged to the Twisted Metal community for like decades at this point. Like I'm friends with a lot of people. We all played Twist Metal Black online for years. Twist Metal 2 on the PC. We all got to play together, like just like crazy stuff. And like Twisted Metal really uh hit it off for me because like I, I I do like the Mad Max stuff. I love like post-apocalyptic. I love like car battles. And when Twisted Metal came out, you had like Vigilante 8. Yes. Uh, you had like Interstate 76 on the PC. Like all these car combat Car-ma- games. Carmageddon. Carmageddon, yep. Yeah. All these all these things. And I couldn't get enough of them but they but that that genre only lasted so long before it just went down the shitter but uh, like i tried to play vigilante 8 recently for a video the n64 version because uh oh god it's the worst one (laughs) that's the worst version it's so bad it was so clunky i was like fuck this but uh (laughs) speaking of lore i remember twisted metal blowing my mind with the idea of calypso and there's like this weird demigod or sort of mysterious character that can grant wishes yeah and 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 that's that's inspiration for this by the way yes and no matter what you do he always twists it kind of like what's that show with elizabeth hurley and brendan fraser where she's the devil and she's hot as shit shit uh bedazzled i think where yeah maybe Bre- that sounds all right brendan fraser like gets the meets the devil which is elizabeth hurley and she grants him wishes and he asks for like fame or money but everything gets twisted pun intended where yeah. it's like actually like a curse and I remember the first time I beat Twisted Metal, I played as the cop. Outlaw, yeah. And he was like, I want to live. His wish was, I want to live in the world where there's no crime and no suffering. And Clips was like, I got you, bitch. And then just sent him off into space. Yeah. 
That's for that's Swiss metal too. Yeah, is yeah, those two? ones. It must be two yeah. then. Yeah, it, yeah, like, two. Two brain, was like more comic. My brain broke. I was like, wait, what? All that work? <laughs> I could like make the world peaceful, and you fucking sent me to space, you yeah. evil asshole. I was so angry, but it was cool too. Yeah, because it's it's so dark and sadistic, and like I was saying, like that's like my personality, where it's like give and take, and it's mostly like, oh, we're gonna give you something, but you're gonna have to give us something in return. And that's yeah. what the endings were like. It was like, oh, you wanted to build the tallest building in the world? Well, they let him build, it and he fucking falls off of it. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just shit like that. It, it's funny. It's dark humor. It's funny, but that that definitely inspires some of what I'm trying to do, where it's like it's super sadistic, and they're just fucking me over. Did you play the Seven remake on PS4? Uh, I didn't. Bummer. Well, I, I played like t- two hours and gave up on it. But I am interested in their that new one, Final Fantasy something. What's the oh, sorry. Version? Were you talking about Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah, the remake. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Seven game. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I played the remake. Sorry, that's my bad. You played it all the way through? Yeah, I did, I did the whole thing. How'd you like it? I thought it was amazing. Even the new story beats and stuff that they're trying to add in and, and like extrapolating on like some of the smaller story stuff that was, that happened in the original and kind of expanding on it and stuff. Like I thought it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Hmm. I got super bummed. I read the leaks. Because I don't have patience, I don't. I don't know what delayed gratification is. Never heard of it. But when I found out that it's like it is meta in the sense of like the, the implication is it's not really a remake. It's like they're remaking the timeline. It's an alternate. Like yeah. I, I hate Kingdom Hearts with a passion because I love Kingdom Hearts one and two, loved them, and then it turned into this narrative smorgasbord of bullshit that became like a full time job to try to wrap your mind around. And I, I had to get different handhelds and like I don't want a Game Boy just to play this. And I just felt like they went Kingdom Hearts on me, and I like I started playing it. I kind of knew, but once I got like six, seven hours in, and I realized what was happening, I was like, "Fuck you! I'm not beating this game." <laughs> like I wanted a remake, not some meta. Like we're remaking the timeline, play on words. Like ah, I have become less angry over time and watching the new Yuffie DLC and the the PS5 interlude. I'm like, hmm. Maybe I'll quit being egotistical and maybe I should play that because it does look pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think you should stick with it and see it all the way through because like, like there's going to be more parts, obviously, right? So it's like you don't know where it's going to go and it might turn out to be like, wow, that was great. I don't it have could. that much faith yeah. because I, I, I've like when, when – have you seen Lost, the TV show Lost? Not the whole thing, but okay. I've uh, read synopsis and how the whole thing fell apart. Yeah. So, yeah. so once that show kind of burned me on these like, whoa, what's happening? This is amazing type thing. I'm, I'm always suspicious Skeptical. and apprehensive. Yeah. Like, okay, like they're going to fuck me around. So it's like I'm, I'm along for the ride with this and I like what they're doing. And it's like, yeah, if I want Final Fantasy VII, I'll go play Final Fantasy VII. So let's, let's just see where you're going with this and how it's different. It is convoluted as – most Japanese games are where it's like, what, what is this? What? Uh, I don't understand why this is happening. It's just like weird Japanese shit sometimes. But like, I did see this uh, infographic that showed like the original timeline, uh, what's happening in this one, why this happened, when this happened. Like, it's just this like weird, <laughs> like flow chart basically. Mm. And it's like, why? Like, why is it so like, like just be a little more consistent and simple. They are doing the uh like the new mobile ever Final Fantasy ever something where it's like the entire Final Fantasy expanded universe without the remake stuff like this is separate from the remake mm. that goes through Crisis Core Advent like all the way through it past Advent Children and it's like a mobile game and it's a retelling of the entire Final Fantasy VII extended universe chronologically. That'd so, be alright. I haven't played some cool. of them. 
Like, I'm yeah, like, okay, right. now I can get sort of like the original Final Fantasy lore in like a nice package and you can do what you want with this remake thing and maybe you maybe you're right maybe it ends up being really cool it is possible but yeah. we will find out when we're like 70 or something when the yes. last one comes out <laughs> <laughs> did you play what other rpgs did you play on ps1 that oh, stick out to you final fantasy tactics which i didn't like as much as something like shining force i found tactics to be a bit too difficult at times oh, that's the greatest final fantasy so you should play that again I should, I should try. We'll see how far I get. I might not have the attention span now, but, uh, oh man, like I, I did like Xenogears. I saw that you had pretty a shirt good. for it. That was pretty awesome. Yes. They shit the bed at the end though. It was it, like, I read yes. like they rushed it or something. Like they ran out of money and, loosely. and yeah. uh, it's very yeah, infamous in that regard. They were, for those who don't know, it's this sprawling RPG that had at the time, like before Metal Gear Solid came out with like using sort of cinematic angles in 3D, Xenogears was doing it. People don't give it enough credit. It's like, predates Metal Gear Solid and they were using they specifically did 3D backgrounds with 2D sprites to make cinematic camera angles that was one of the goals mm-hmm. and uh, anyway sprawling RPG great story and then the last they ran out of money and so like the last disc the last I don't know 30% 20% is just like a cutscene in battle <laughs> and like there's no there's no like transition like there's no like it just the game all of a sudden just switches to like a different type of game yeah it's and weird. you're like what and you're confused it's when you're when I was a kid, I was like, "What is? Did I do something wrong?" Or yeah, like, the same. Like, what's same, going yeah. on? I'm so confused. Yeah, I thought I thought it was very really, really weird too. And like, I, I used to get gaming magazines and stuff once in a while. And like I said, I didn't have the internet, so I didn't know like like half of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even know it. Like today, it's like you you could find out anything. Just go on Twitter or whatever, and you could see. But back then, it's like, well, I guess that's it. Who knows what happened? You don't even think about like what could have happened behind the scenes. You're like, well, yes. that's it. Speaking of Xenogears, there's a really cool podcast that you might be interested in. I've, I've been trying to give them props because they are doing something that nobody else is doing. They do like the deepest dives I've ever seen on JRPGs. And mm-hmm. their first series was Xenogears. They did 55 episodes that are like two hours long on Xenogears. And what they Holy do, shit. it's these two dudes that play a portion of the game every week and then they talk about it and they literally go through the entire game and talk about every line and every detail and every and then they bring in context of what was happening in the development and culture like it's yeah it's it's like 120 hours on Xenogears and then now they're doing Chrono Cross and then like wow. it's uh so if you want to go like the term ball there's no one that goes more <laughs> balls deep than these yeah, guys on JRPGs that's fucking balls deep on top of balls deep. It's called for those like interested. It's called retrograde amnesia. It's on all your major. Uh, I don't. I've never even talked to them. I don't have any like relationship with them or anything. I just I'm a fan of what they do. It's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. I can't wait till they do seven or some of them. More. They've only done like because they're they're it's for like core RPG nerds. It's a very niche audience, and so they've been doing like really niche kind of cult classic RPGs, not the big ones. But I'm sure they'll they'll get a hold of another one. What else? Let's keep going down this RPG rabbit hole. Well, Chrono Cross was another one. Yes. You just mentioned that. Uh, Legend of Dragoon. What else was there? I'm trying to think. I, I played Final Fantasy VIII, which apparently you like. I didn't really like. Or maybe you don't like. I don't know. It seemed like you did like it. I do like it. Uh, okay. I am going to replay it because now it's a re- there's a remaster, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again as an adult. 
maybe I might like it more. And to be fair, I quit it. So I got it day of launch because of Final Fantasy VII. So, of course, I had Final Fantasy VIII pre-ordered. I did not beat it. I turned it off and hated it the first time <laughs> I played it. I went back at like, I want to say I was like 17. I think I could, 16 or 17, I could drive. And I had one of those. Did you, did you ever, did you guys have what was called the GX TV in Canada? It doesn't ring a bell. It was a big deal. It was this TV that was, quote, made for gaming. And it had like foldable speakers that covered the screen and you opened the speakers out. And it had a subwoofer hooked in the back and it had like a refresh rate and it was kind of a marketing gimmick but I played through Final Fantasy 8 again on this little 13 inch GX TV and I was a little bit older and I was able to comprehend the writing which is terrible but good enough for a teenager <laughs> an emo teenager at the time <laughs> and I could understand the junctioning system and, and sort of like because I got stuck I didn't understand junctioning and drawing magic and I got to like three-fourths of the game and I was like level 99 and I couldn't beat anything because you can like actually ruin your builds by doing the wrong things. I ruined my game where I couldn't beat it. Um, I hated it. So to be fair, I love Final Fantasy VIII. I think it gets way more hate than it deserves and it's actually really good. But that's after I came back and played it when I was older. Yeah. So I, I, I we'll see. Like I, I have more tolerance for shitty games now. So we'll <laughs> see. Like I'm not saying it's shitty. I'm just saying I'll, I'll go back and I'll really give it a, a chance just to see if it makes more sense as an adult. But I haven't touched it since. You should definitely play the PC re-release because it has quality of life improvements mm. where you can fast forward, skip battles, and just things that uh, JRPG by design, I think now modern wise, sometimes back, like they're sloggy by nature. And so I, I really like if I, the Final Fantasy nine, uh, remaster is even like the quality of life makes that I played through that game again when it came out just because you can, uh, and 12, all, all of them, like the quality yeah, actually, of life improvements yeah. make it awesome. Yeah. I, I played, uh, nine last year. Uh, and I played, I actually just beat last month 12. Nice. And I, I like 12s combat i, I really yeah. liked it it's it just the story cool yeah yeah it's, it's really cool it's just the story wasn't up to par it just the wasn't story, good enough i felt like 60 percent of the way through it was really cool and i felt like it was setting up some cool stuff and then it just didn't like deliver it just kind of, nothing happened yeah it didn't I've read now in hindsight, I might be getting some of the details wrong, but originally the game was going to, Balthier was going to be the main character, who's my favorite character in that game, and has the best character arc and the best reveal about he's mm -hmm. actually royalty and blah, 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 blah. He's a judge, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he was supposed to be the main character, and he was the main character all the way up until late, late development, and then basically corporate suits were like, we need a tweenage boy. Yeah, because typical. That's what, that's <laughs> typical 16-year-old like, saving the world. Yeah, and so they <laughs> added Vaughn and Ash as like an afterthought as the main characters. Ugh. It's just really bad. I mean, I think that game could have been the greatest in the series. Like it had the potential to be one of the best games in the series. And it just, they, they bought it. I still love it though. The art style is really cool. The visuals uh, hold up well. The battle system, once you get used to it, I ended up really liking. I, I ended up, did you play around with the couple places in the game where if you set up your gambit system right you can just like fight forever and leave the game running i saw i saw people doing it like they're fighting all the uh the blobs, the blobs like the oozes yeah. and stuff like that yeah i saw that and i was like i'm not gonna do this like i don't i don't need to do this but yeah it's it's funny it's a fun exploit like it felt fun to sort of use the mechanics of the game to break it 
It was fun. I remember liking that part. Is it? it it's the only game with that battle system in the whole series. Um, yeah. Most people hate it, but I'm glad you like. I ended up. I didn't like it in the beginning, but by the time I beat the game, I had grown to like it. Yeah, it, I, I have no complaints. Like I enjoyed my time with it, and I'm I'm really liking the feature of being able to speed things up in these yes. games when they bring them out. Because yes. it's like I don't want to grind, but if I could do four times, like yes. it's just like four times the speed. Like wow, like that's that's the way to replay these games. Like I've beaten uh Final Fantasy 7 the original one five times now and two of them were uh like d- like double triple quadruple speed or whatever and like usually the game takes like between like 60 to 100 hours or whatever you want to say and like with the remaster you could beat it in 25 yep. so you get the whole thing just r- much quicker and you're not grinding the shit out of stuff and it's just like this is how you should be playing it it's just so good have you messed around with any of the PC mods, uh, Tifa's Final Heaven, that suite of no. mods? If you want to, uh, I'm going to do a video on it soon. It's just such a big video. I haven't figured out how to break it up into clips. It's this community. It's like 10 years of community mods. And you can really play like an, quote, unofficial HD remaster of the original. Because with the PC release, mod, you can do anything with mods. And then eventually the community came out with what's called Tifa's. I think it's either Final Heaven based off her Limit Break or Seventh Heaven based off the, the, the what do you call it, the bar. It's one of those two, but it's like an all-in-wood mod manager. Now it's to the point where you don't have to have, like deal with any of the complexity of installing mods. You just download this thing. It syncs to your game. You choose the mods you want. It does everything under the hood for you, and you just play the game. And they've used things like that uh, NVIDIA AI upscaling to run all the backgrounds mm-hmm. through AI upscaling and put them in native 4K. All the models are swapped out. The battle arena has been swapped out. Um, and it ends up being like you're playing the original game, not the remake, but it's what a remake, a remaster really would be. Right. Should they officially do it? And it has the quality of life improvements on top of it. So if, if you're, if you want to play it through a six time, I would recommend <laughs> that maybe you could add some fresh. There's also other cool stuff that they can do. There's like gameplay tweaks and some extra stuff you can do that it's like extra content sort of community made um it's it's okay but uh it might be a fun way to play through it again it's not as good as did you know that there's a fan-made sequel that's in between chrono trigger and chrono cross it's a wrong it's called crimson skies and it is worth playing it's a 25 hour game that reuses assets from the super nintendo game as as a rom hack but it's a fully original story whatever and it bridges the gap between chrono trigger and chrono cross oh wow uh, so if you're ever curious, it's worth, it's worth maybe playing. It, it's, it always astounds me, like with the mods and like these extra add-on stuff that people create, like how much, how much they love these games to yep. the point where like, this is like the only game. They, 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 I'm sure they play more, but like they dedicate themselves to this, yep. you know, like you think of people who like only play Call of Duty. It's like, well, that is like the most basic bitch thing you can do. But it's like, <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's like, like I'm part of the Twisted Metal community. That's going to be the highlight for this, for this podcast. <laughs> And everyone's gonna hate us. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck them. I'm gonna give a shit. <laughs> Go to hell. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to be liked or loved. <laughs> um, but like in the twisted metal community, there's people like still creating new vehicles and adding them to the game and stuff. Yeah. And, and some of these people are like 15 years younger than me that like didn't. They weren't there upon release. Like they are, they're like a little kid and they saw their dad playing it. And it's like the dedication these people have to like something that like very few people are going to enjoy. Like not everyone's going to be rushing out to get like this new vehicle for Twisted Metal 2 to mod. You know, it's like, it's just like kudos to them that you love it this much. That's why, I mean, I spend a lot of time, the videos never do as well because... 
they're not popular, right? No one's even aware mm. of these mods, and so they, you don't get like the network effect. But I put out a lot of videos where I'm playing different modded things and shout people out because it's like I don't know. I'm grateful that someone's. I love video games, but not enough to spend six years creating a mod for one game that <laughs> that ten people are gonna play. But, yeah, but those ten people are like people like me though. They find I just found a new one that's it's a Doom Total Conversion mod uses the Doom engine, but it's actually a Sonic the Hedgehog. In 3D, <laughs> but third person, like you see Sonic on the screen. And I saw that. I'm like, that's got it. Like, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked that someone made that and I'm going to love it. But uh, it's just, it's like uh, they do it just for the love. There is no reward. Yeah. Well, that's it. You have to do it because you love it. And like, even though doing retro after- afternoons is very difficult, I do really enjoy what I end up with at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do this to make money. Like if I make money at some point, great. Uh, if people love what I do, that's, that's why I'm doing it. Like I want people to like follow me and have an audience and like interact with me. Cause the interaction is what I love. I love that yeah. part. So I, I totally get the, this is a passion project. I'm going to mod this game that I love and who cares how many people download it. As long as some people download, I absolutely understand that, like that artistic, creative aspect of it and that's that's fantastic and and not everyone gets to experience that more more people are just like most people are just like vapid entertainment what's next feed yep. me another reel on on, on instagram you know consume, like just keep consume. feeding me stuff yeah yeah and it's just unfortunate it's just unfortunate that that that's where we're at right now where nobody has the attention span to consume anything that's either taken time or has some has some love put into it. I think that'll change, and I think it is changing. It's like almost like adolescence. We've been eating candy and treats because we're little kids on the internet, and the internet, <laughs> the, you know, in content is still growing into. I mean. For example, the explosion of podcasts have shown that people do have an appetite for longer form content, at least in the audio. Right. I think partially because you can like drive and do the dishes yeah. while you're listening to podcasts. So that's one of the reasons um, you can multitask. Like I love to play grindy games, like loot based games. I've been yeah, playing I do the same thing yep. with podcasts. It's like, okay, yep. I'm going to grind and get loot, but at the same time, I'm listening to a podcast. It's like yep. perfect, perfect mix. Um, with YouTube content and visual content, yeah, it's harder because you can't multitask. And so people you know, they have to sit down and commit it, it's it is i think it's changing though i mean at least i am i know i'm changing and i enjoy both the candy content and also the, the meteor content and i feel at least internally for myself like the desire to consume more meaty content and i agree that even if you're doing something creative and it, it doesn't really get a, a big audience it's very validating to have someone listen to your music or watch your content but i also think it's an anchor for your mental health to like put creative energy into something like you're like the person that made maybe like I have a friend who online Cosmonaut shout out to him Instagram Cosmonaut he just released a Streets of Rage 2 speaking of Streets of Rage 2 ROM hack that there's lots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ROM hacks for Streets of Rage 2 but they normally use the Turtles in Time sprites and he's a he loves Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis or mm-hmm. the is that the fighting one whatever one's the fighting game I think it's Hyperstone Heist no Tournament Fighters Tournament me. Fighters yeah. Tournament Fighters. He loves the sprites and the artwork of Tournament Fighters, and no one had made a Streets of Rage 2 ROM hack that uses the Tournament Fighter sprites. So he did it himself, and it took him forever. And it's on <laughs> ROM hacks now, and I, I'm going to do a video on it, but he did it just because, like, that's like a creative anchor, and, and I think people need that, and I wish more people did it, and did it for the love, and that content was out there, because I think the tides would turn, and a lot of this more longer form, more 
the passion filled content would actually find an audience if there was more of it out there. But no one wants to really put the time and effort into it because the probability of a reward of mm-hmm. getting noticed is, is basically zero. You know, like it, all the cards are stacked against you. And so I think that deters people from creating the better content. And I think that if we all threw that deter- deterrent aside and the platform started getting flooded with better quality content, I think the tides would turn eventually. It, it could. It's it's tough. Like for me, like I, I'm I'm not like a punk person, but like I have that punk attitude of just like, fuck this shit. You know, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want sort of thing. So like when I put stuff out, it's like I if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere, but I'm not going to validate myself based on how many likes I'm getting. You know, like, like even though what I put out already, I'm not getting too many comments. I'm getting likes and whatever. Like I'm not getting the engagement. I wish people would comment more. And I hope they're at least consuming enough of it to, to make a judgment, like whether they like it or not, instead of just being like, oh, what's this? Oh, then just, they just heart it or they just like it. You know, but like you can't I, I just, deny, you can't deny that if you were getting mega engagement in views, your motivation to create more would be higher. Oh, it fucking skyrocket. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, finally, someone's paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, there's, there's no doubt about it. There's no like doubt. right now, I, I, I do, I'm not like running on fumes right now. Like I, I, I got tons of steam in me to like do this for a long term. And, but like, absolutely. If you had that encouragement from people, like, like, first of all, like I, I didn't get to say this in the beginning, but thank you so much for having me on your podcast and recognizing like what I'm trying to do. I really appreciate that. And when you reached out to me, I was like, Oh man, some Somebody is looking at this and seeing what I'm trying to do. And it's awesome. And I, and I, like I said, like, I love having that connection with people where people get it or they enjoy it. So I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. And, and that, like that enthusiasm from people like yourself, just it, it's, it's invigorating and it's like, Oh, yes. okay, oh somebody's, somebody is going to get it. The world's huge, but somebody saw it and they love it and, and they want to be part of it or at least support it. And, uh, it just makes me want to do more, you know? So it's awesome. And that's what I hope, like, I wish we could find a way where either a better content, um, like the algorithms, you know, got more refined where they could have a good balance of serving up content that has the certainty of already performing well and also finding new content. I feel like TikTok's a little bit better at that, but you're right. Like, cause the content creators, if you want better shit on the internet, you got to support the people making it because eventually the fumes, like I feel it for me, like the last, like three months, I've put out like two videos because I just like, uh, what's the point? <laughs> like, yeah. I've, like, I'm still making, I'm still recording and making the content. I have like a backlog of like 200 videos I could put out. But do I want to do the work of like putting the subtitles in and get, getting them ready to put out? Like, I've already got the reward for myself as I, I had the experience. I played the game. I said some funny shit. I had a good time. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, that's the reward for me. And I'm like, do I really want to go through the drama of putting it up when there's not really like, it's, you know, if, if that's even with TikTok doing pretty well, like right. at some point you have these times where at least for me, I'm like, ah, what's the point? Like you need, there has to be some sort of like validation aside from, like, I get where you're coming from punk. Like I'm going to play the game and have the experience re- regardless, but without some sort of feedback loop of people enjoying the content. It's hard to have the motivation, like, why put the content out there? Just have the experience for myself and move on. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I might speak differently if this goes nowhere in like two years or something. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously, but it's not like, I'm not starting this and thinking like, this is going to take off first episode. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm in it for long term because I want to do this. I can do this. I enjoy doing this. And that, and that's why I think most people should be creating contents because they want to and they like doing it instead of just being like, I want to go viral. I want a lot of followers. I want some sort of validation. So I'm just going to flash my titties around and shake my dick or whatever. And I'm going to go viral. You know, like it's, it's not about that. It's like, like do something creative, like whether it's cooking or painting or fixing a car, like just show people that you're, you can do something, just make actual yeah. meaty content. As you're saying, like, just, just do something. Don't, don't make vapid shit, please. Like just do yes. something. And there's just a weird thing going on, like a network effect where va- the vapid shit does well. So people are incentivized to do that. Yeah. But then like even people who aren't as maybe into video game content as I am, or just when I talk to people about their general sentiment towards social media, this general sentiment is 90% of it is like thin, worthless content. Yeah. Okay. And it, and well, it shouldn't be that all, way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it. okay. If we're all, if most of us are feeling that way, then it's either A, there's not enough people out, which I think it's a combination of both. There's not a lot of people out there making meteor content because it, you know it's an uphill battle. And B, the algorithms haven't figured out how to like serve that up. And they're just like doing the low hanging fruit because mm-hmm. they want their engagement and they want to make their money and they got advertisers that are yeah. want their money and yada 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 the whole ecosystem has been built around that where you know if you're if you're if you're using the product for free you're the product not the product you know at mm-hmm. instagram isn't the product we are the products and instagram is selling us and our attention span to advertisers and it's like there's got to be some way to sort that out and i'm, I'm kind of just riffing my own frustrations live with you because it's like you and i see that you're doing a similar thing and i saw your instagram and i had the same thought like i saw the the altered beast thing that came up on my feed went to your profile and i'm like of course this guy has like whatever it is five six hundred followers whatever i can't remember it wasn't a ton at the I'm time like, because, it was probably like a hundred <laughs> yeah because i'm like this the good shit doesn't get rewarded no and and that's part of the reason why i wanted to have you on the podcast hopefully all 10 of my listeners will follow you and you'll be 10 you'll be 10 <laughs> followers higher that's okay two, two hours of my time for 10 followers sounds pretty good yeah, it's not too, it definitely could be worse. Yeah, it's, uh, I just, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, highlight your shit, motivate you to keep going. I think it's awesome. I think what you're doing is awesome. Um, I think people who are actually into gaming content, like that, if they could, they find you, by the way, where can people find, I'll, I'll do an intro, it'll be in the podcast description, but yeah. where can people find this show we've been talking about for two hours? So right now I'm, uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube, um, and I'm going to start working more on TikTok. Uh, and you just look up yes. Retro Afternoons for all of them, and I'm there. Uh, basically, uh, all my episodes are up on all those platforms, but the little like pieces that I take out, like the little samples and, and clips and stuff, are just on Facebook and uh, and Instagram. There are some on YouTube too, but I, I do do whatever I can with all these platforms and. Uh, something actually I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you come across this, you might because, because you have a foul mouth just like I do. And, uh, my content often gets flagged as shocking and, uh, like, really? want, yeah. So I've never had that. So sometimes like, it'll say like, it's a little bit too shocking, do whatever. And I just like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to leave it. But if I wanted to advertise, like you, I cannot advertise basically anything, even if it's buried. Like, even if I don't say the F word for a minute and 30 seconds in, it'll still get flagged or something. So on Facebook or Instagram, YouTube's the worst Instagram, oh, Instagram's okay. not as bad. And it's like, well, of course you're not because you're letting women like show themselves basically on there. <laughs> 
So like what, what the saying fuck like shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't be. I haven't had that because on Instagram or on YouTube, I have like this huge backlog of all my content that I'm supposed to upload to YouTube. And people keep asking me and messaging me like, I go to your YouTube and there's like five videos there. Like, what the fuck? I bet people get mad at me because I, I do these playthroughs like you and uh, I'll edit them down to like a one seven to 15 minute highlight or maybe two highlights if they're short. And then I'm supposed to be putting all those highlights together for like a five minute YouTube video mm-hmm. and I have them all done. I just haven't uploaded them. So I might run into that once I start like catching up my backlog on YouTube. Um, but I've never run into, I have run into one issue on TikTok where one of the highlights to uh, Brian McGinnis, the playable characters podcast, shout out to him. He does a podcast where he has uh, he has video people pretend to be like random video game characters on the podcast you should check it out you might like it like they this is your comedy they had the dude playing the character of the guy who owns the car in Street Fighter that gets beat yeah, up I actually listened to the podcast yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's it's, a badass so the, the clip to the, he was talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that there's a, a bebop collectible figure that looks like a Nazi <laughs> And I, that was the clip that I put on TikTok that was like, this right. is ridiculous. Look at this 90s Bebop character. He looks like a Nazi. And we were saying Nazis are bad. And it's bad that like it's kind of funny that they had a Nazi TMNT character. Well, that got I got flagged for hate speech on yeah, both Instagram and TikTok. That's my only example. But it's interesting. All the F words and shit I say, like I've never been on Instagram or TikTok flagged for that. Yeah, YouTube is one hundred percent like the worst platform oh, okay. for that. I so should like, look out for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, like the one episode that I did for Vendetta, the game Vendetta or Crime Fighters Two, had uh, like it had the, had the guys coming in with leather and stuff like that, like kind of like like over the top like gay people like walking around the street or whatever, and 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 that was like in the opening scene, right? So I, I'm pretty sure that's what was shocking, and you're basically like beating them down with a baseball bat, right? Because it's like a Streets of Rage game. And it's horrible. And I, and I said like, this is horrible in the video, but it's like, I guess, I guess because the visual is just, I don't know. We're living in a time now where everything is just getting erased and eventually we're going to move back in history where like everything is just scrubbed clean. It's like, it's like, like it, this existed and it's horrible. We're here where we are today because this, we grew off off of this, you know, like we know this is bad. But it's like, I don't know, like you can't say you can't even use the word Nazi now. Like, I, I don't, don't want to get it into that. Weird. But like, like, I get the, the sentiment. This is how I mean, I wonder, because Canada, at least from an America's perspective, the, our view of Canadians is that they just in general lean much more left than the average American. So it's interesting to hear. I've, I've met like, like I said, I've had, oh, now five. I've, you're the fifth Canadian because I have another Canadian episodes not out yet. He's a... Uh, owns have you heard of lords of grasstown or lords of gastown it's a marijuana and motorcycle brand he's a canadian dude the gastown um, sounds familiar yeah lords, lords of, of gastown it's a motorcycle brown um he uh he has felt very he he expressed a similar sentiment where it's like okay it's like getting a little weird about the like the way we're handling all this stuff going on on social media. And my opinion is like the sent, I understand this, the sentiments coming from a good place. Like we don't want people to feel like shit and we don't want to be mean to people, mm-hmm. right? Cause bullying is a big deal. I have two little girls and I worry you like they're both in kindergarten and uh, first grade. And I'm like, man, I know elementary school and junior high can be super dark. And now with social media and bullying and online mm-hmm. kids, like I worry about that. Like, ah, it can get, 
it can get rough, especially for girls. So I want to solve that, and I want to I want to figure out a way as a culture we can mitigate some of that stuff. But it seems like the way we're going about it is just making the problem worse and like making people angry. So. Like I agree that there's like problems that need to be solved, and I don't. I'm not smart enough to know the right way to solve them. But flagging a video for saying Nazi because you're talking about a turtle figurine seems to be counterproductive. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree. Like I, like as you're saying, like we Canada is. It's kind of. It is a mix of like liberal and conservative. I'm. I'm in the middle. Like I. I am very progressive. Like I want things to change and whatever. Um, but it's just like. I don't know. Like you don't go to the extreme of like, okay, everyone was racist. Now everyone's anti-racist on the opposite side where it's like, you're just going to murder anyone that says anything remotely, remotely racist or anything. It's like, it's like when you look at comedy, like comedy always goes right up to the line, sometimes steps over it. And it's like, this is going to kill comedy at some point because no one can say anything. Cause you could take that clip and totally blow it out of proportion and take it out of context now. Like yeah. You can't say anything. So it's like, you just need to know, like, what is the context of, of where this is coming from? We don't have to, like, go back 20 years on somebody's social media and completely ruin this person's life because they might have said something at some point. Like, some things are justified. Yes. But it, we're going from one extreme to the complete opposite extreme for some yes. instances. It's almost like, yeah, you, you, that's a good way to put it. You're overcorrect. It's like you're on the freeway. And if you overcorrect too far, that's just as dangerous as the obstacle you were trying to correct away from. Yeah. And so you got to be careful about that i agree yeah like there's i guess it seems weird how people can like for example you're describing the intro of your video um i haven't seen that clip i have to go find it but it sounds like it's pretty obvious even if i wasn't aware of you and your channel if i saw that it should be pretty obvious that this is a comedy it's satire and it's making fun of it's not condoning what you you know what i mean yeah that's not like it's not it's not propagating like this is how we should act we should beat people up with baseball (laughs) like obviously obviously like like the clip is actually not getting like somebody being beaten up it's basically in that vendetta game it's like there's just an absurd amount of humping like this person is humping your character yeah and then the dogs are humping you so it's like so i showed that clip and i said like humping you know it's just because it's so stupid and like inappropriate and that and that got flagged for that it's like it's just shocking it like dry humping is shocking i didn't know that like it's just meanwhile cardi b's wap has like 75 billion views and there's and there's advertisers putting shit their ads on their thing and she's making royalties and whatever and i and i got this and it's like it's a problem like, yeah, oh my you God. have a pixel dog dry humping like a soldier, <laughs> yeah. and that flags. Meanwhile, I can literally see asses in thongs, it's essentially pornography, yeah. straight up, and it's and it's like no problem, which like, I don't have a problem with either. I think you should be able to watch both. It's just weird that like you're getting censored and yeah, someone else isn't. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know what the future holds. I'm not a big fan of it. Like I've I've only been banned for a day on Facebook once, and I I did some something I. I said something sarcastic to one of my friends and I put it in quotation marks. I don't even remember what I said. It wasn't even bad. And they instantly banned me. And it's like, are you for real? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a trained journalist. Like I know how to write. I know what to say, when to say whatever, but Facebook banned me for like basically nothing. So it's like, what a world we live in. It it was 2020. So I was like, 2020, what a, what a time to be alive to just be banned for something so fucking stupid and taken out of context. 
I have one more sort of curiosity political question, and then I'm going to hit you with kind of my standard rapid questions to end the episode out, and we'll wrap it up. I appreciate right. your time. I do want to ask, so from my perspective, again, I'm not into politics. I do end up talking about politics on the podcast because I'm legitimately interested in what other people think because I know I'm not paying attention. I'm playing video games and smoking weed and like living my life. I'm not paying attention for the most part. I'm like sort of just uh, like by osmosis, friends and family that are into politics, things that come across. It seems like you guys are going more hardcore with sort of the censorship. Like my brother sent some headline to my family group text about a dad who went to jail because he opposed his kid getting hormone therapy at like 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember is that, that is that like really what happened or is that yeah. some sort of conservative clickbait thing? No, it, it, was, it made the news. I don't know what came of it because I didn't see any follow up on it, but it, apparently it did happen. And that is super bizarre to me. Okay. So it's real. All right. Yeah, it's legit. It's, and I've heard other stories too, where, um, uh, it's, it's just, there's lots of, there's lots of things happening. It's like, okay, like you're a parent, you can do whatever you want, whatever. But at the same time, like you have to do what you can for your child because you're, you're, the child is so, their mind is so malleable that you can't just be like, do whatever you want, child, like figure out your own shit and whatever happens, happens. It's like, well, that might lead to something bad. Like you still need to guide them and be there for them, not just, Oh, you could just do whatever you want. And it's just, I don't know. Some of the stuff I'm hearing is just like so weird. And and to me, sometimes I think like, this is like child abuse <laughs> or neglect yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like that I, particular case, if that's real, it sounds like there's some merit to that case. Like there's so much, to be fair, there's a lot of bullshit on the left. I grew up uh, in Utah, which is where I'm located, and a super like hardcore Mormon state and uh, Christian. And there is a lot of dishonesty, dishonesty and extremism and bad logic on the right side too i gotta be like clear about that so like when i saw that i'm like ah this is probably just some like i don't know breitbart news twisting of like what i didn't really believe it like yeah they're not they're gonna put a dude in jail because he wouldn't give his kid hormones but i I, you're like the third person i've asked and i found a couple articles and i guess like that really is sort of what's going on and it's that is crazy it is like it is seems borderline child abuse so like look if a kid has a medical issue you you do what you got to do but look for example my I have multiple family members who, because the parents didn't know any better, and that's what the doctors told them, they're a little bit younger than me, put them on different variations of Ritalin and Adderall, Mm. Vyvanse, since they were like 11. And now they have serious problems Mm. because they've been taking speed for 20 years. Yeah. And uh, like, okay, like it's not the parents' fault, but like when you start messing with chemicals when a brain, like a body is developing, yeah. sometimes you have unforeseen consequences. And it's just like, it's a little sketchy. You just got to be careful. You just got to be careful. I think that's all that people are trying to say. Okay, well, I'm glad it sounds like that was a real story. I do want to get back to video games to tie it <laughs> out. And I know we're in, we're into RPGs. And so I, I'm going to ask you some questions. Obviously, like, well, we'll just let it play. What is the greatest video game story world lore ip it could be multiple games in your opinion as far as world building and lore goes so my like pinnacle video game like all-time greatest game i've ever played is god of war the latest god of war Woo! like that like like banging on all cylinders like the story and i know the lore borrows from like mythology and whatever but like it all tied together the world building the fucking music the the visuals, the scale, the size of things, like, holy fuck. Like, it was like every single category you can get, God of War just Top destroyed yep. it. Like, unbelievable. Like, wow. 
So that, that game to me was, was, was it, that like, to me, that's like it. That was like, yeah, every game it. should be that, but I know it, it probably will never happen again unless there's their next one. is, is that yeah, good. Maybe it ruined video games for me for a little bit after <laughs> I played it. Like they just, nothing cruelly. I tell people that probably if I had to pick, even though it's not a, I love retro gaming and I live in my past. If I had to pick like a candidate for the greatest video game of all time, it'd be the newest God of War. I think putting everything together you're right and what i remember standing out to me was one obviously the one sh- the whole thing being one shot was pretty amazing it still is amazing but at the time like very groundbreaking some yeah. other games had kind of done it but not to like the level that they did it and then its ability to tell story without telling story like shoving it in your face yeah like, like the example, father the father son relationship you know yes. it wasn't it wasn't constantly thrown in your face but it was always there it was always there. Like one example is the, like when the game sort of opens up and like it's like early in the game, I forget exactly what happens, but you get to like this cliff and you're looking at the peak of the mountain where you're going to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're the kid's like, that's where we got to go, right? And Kratos is standing behind him and he goes to put his hand on the kid's shoulder mm-hmm. and then he pulls it away. Yeah. And like that tells you everything you need to know about the yeah. relationship and yeah. where they're at. Yeah. Right there. And it's, it's like the so game simple. is full of stuff like that. Yeah. It's it, cause it, the quality of the storytelling and, and like the cin- cinematography of it is like movie level, you know, like movies, a lot of movies can't even live up to this, yes. this level. It's just, it's it was amazing. just so crazy. It was amazing. But that game for sure, to a lesser degree, I've always loved like Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Like I'm a huge yes. Bioware fan, even though they've kind of lost their way over the years a little bit. Um, but I've always liked their, their world building and being able to like talk to the characters and be like, where are they from? Like what, what yes. are their motivations and stuff? It's, it's still, it's a bit deeper than surface level, but it's still like more stuff is happening. Like what's happened on this planet? Like what, what, what's the, yes, the, the genocide that happened, you know, like, and just like, there's just like things happening and you want to know a little bit more about stuff that was in the world. So I, I'm all about that. Um, of course, control and Alan Wake, amazing world building. Like I want more. I just want them to like, blow up as a developer and have like a whole bunch of different offshoot satellite developers in their thing and just make this huge universe where they all connect together somehow. That'd be amazing. But like, yeah, my only problem with control is that there's not more control. Yeah. I want that's... more. Uh, I'm glad you, I'm, yeah, we were very similar. Mass effect is another probably would be in my top three to five. I loved speaking of choices. The one choice that sticks out to me, I believe it's in mass effect two. It might be three. I forget which one. Um, I'm super stoked on the the remaster trilogy, whatever. Yeah, the legendary. Uh, that's, that's a day one for me. I'm gonna yeah, be same. that's day one. I you might remember this. I think it's Mass Effect two, but I might. I'm pretty sure it's two where uh, you have the choice to re- to reverse the Krogan genophage yeah. or not. Yeah, and uh, I remember for those for context who don't understand, there's a, a race of aliens that were very aggressive. Think of them as like inter intergalactic Vikings. They just show up and they fuck everybody up. They have a history of just killing everybody, and as a result, other alien civilizations used essentially there wasn't CRISPR at the time technology, but like CRISPR genetic <laughs> editing to make it so that this race of aliens can't have kids, or their, their birth rate is like down to one percent. It's like really low, and you have one of these these species of aliens. In in your crew and he's a badass what's his i forget his name do you remember his oh, name oh um so there's a k they're they're krogan the krogan are the species uh, yeah uh, anyway his name does rex. Start with a k, rex. Pretty, rex yes yeah. 
Rex. And I, I used Rex all the time. He's like one of my main characters. And you get to this point in the game where you can undo like this genetic manipulation that is basically making this extinct this race go extinct, which is bad, but they're also known for just killing everybody and almost overtaking the entire galaxy. And I really think I sat for anywhere between 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour trying to decide, like, what the fuck am I going to do? It was one of those, like, first time a game... I mean, Witcher did this later, where games started getting really good at, like, there's no... Reality's not black and white, good and bad, guys. Mm-hmm. Everything comes in the shades of gray. And I remember Mass Effect being one of the first games that really made me feel torn. Like, there's really no... Like, this is complicated. I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's funny, too. Like, if you didn't have Rex in your crew... Probably easy. Would, yeah, yeah. Would your decision be a bit different? Because you kind of get some idea of like what he's about, what the Krogan's about. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like it kind of influences you, even though it's not real. You're still influenced because you have knowledge of something now. For me, for me, I never reversed it because I just thought like it's just going to destroy the universe. <laughs> yeah. He was mad. I felt bad because he got super pissed at me, but I was like, I can't risk like our relationship's important, but you guys might kill everybody. Yeah. So I just can't do it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. You brought brought up Witcher 3, and to me, like, I like that game, but I feel like it gets too much hype. Like, I I really liked it, but I didn't like it as much as some people. Did you play Blood and Wine, the last DLC? I I didn't play the DLCs. That's the pinnacle. Yeah, I heard the the DLC was amazing. So I would say Witcher 3, as it ends up being in its finalized, most refined form, I bought Witcher 3 launch and uninstalled it like an hour later, because much like Cyberpunk 2077, which I was not uh, surprised by the launch because I had gone through the Witcher 3 launch. And Mm -hmm. I remember the Witcher 3 being a steaming pile of technical garbage and being clunky. The inventory system was just pointless. The controls, like it was so clunky. And then later I saw a headline that The Witcher 3 rolled out some giant patch and fixed and I reinstalled it and ended up playing it and more patches came out as I was playing through the game because it's long shit and then by the time Blood and Wine came out the final DLC which is like a 30 plus hour game in and of itself that's actually running on a modified engine that's better than the base game it's like a 1.5 engine and it is like the pinnacle of everything they have learned through all the updates and Witcher 3 Blood and Wine is like the the pinnacle Witcher 3 you have a base that you've Build like a home has like I don't know if you ever got into world building like or excuse me base building like Subi Coden had it you'd like recruit yeah. people and then your base would get bigger they have that element in it plus like side quest main story and that I think is deserving of the hype and I think. Mm. Because that's the most recent and people remembering, like, that's how The Witcher 3 ended on a bang with, like, the best DLC ever made. People forget that actually as a whole and the whole experience, Witcher 3 wasn't that great for a lot of people. And a lot of the time, it's not that great. But it just ended so strong, I think, Mm. where that sort of rosy retrospection comes into play. So I agree with you. But you got to play Blood and Wine because you... That's like, at least that portion is well worth the time and money. Yeah, I'll pick it up because it's always on sale. I always see it for cheap and stuff. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. What's your favorite video game soundtrack? The retro one, like I said, Streets of Rage 2 for sure. Final Fantasy 7 has great tracks. Uh, even the remake, the, like the redone versions of them are great. I really like, this is a weird one, but I really like uh, EVE Online. The, Ooh, yeah, for the first the first few years that it came out, the the artist was I think his uh, real effects was the artist's name, but he made like really cool like sci fi ambient space music, and and I did play Eve Online for a bit, 
and it, and I'll, I'll admit it was mainly because mainly because of the music like when you're flying around like mining an asteroid and like fighting or whatever and that music is there it's just it really brings you into the game like if it didn't have that music i don't think the game would be uh as good in my opinion like people probably still love it anyway but it it has like a really good soundtrack because i love like electronic music and stuff like that yeah those are the first ones that come to mind i'm sure there's a lot more What's your f- uh, favorite JRPG that's not Final Fantasy VII? And if the answer isn't Sui Coden 2, I'm just going to hang up right now. <laughs> well, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. It's the best one ever. <laughs> that's that's tough. Um, I really liked Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Chrono Trigger is my number two JRPG. It's definitely... it's. Yeah, it's, that game is so good. Yeah, it's it's great. Like, it's going to be a square square game anyway, whatever it's going to be. But I don't know. It's it That's... It's tough. It's tough. There's a lot of shit ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of terrible JRPGs. What's the most terrible JRPG that you still like? Well, I should say, what's the most terrible game that you know is terrible, but you like it? <laughs> it's another tough one. I, I I can tell you one that I get made fun of for, and I'm a huge Katamari fan, and people oh. make fun of me for that all the time. And there you go. That's another soundtrack that's good. It's not like something I would just play. It's good because it's like funny, absurd, stupid music. Because the whole, the, the whole game, yeah. the whole, yeah, the whole game is like that. And that's why I like it. It's just so like off the wall, silly, stupid shit. And, and that's what I love about it. And it's, it's, it's just like, it's more of like a cathartic game too. Like you're just rolling shit up and it just feels good to clean things up. Like I, I'm an organized person. I like vacuuming and stuff. So yeah. it's like that game's like the ultimate, like let's clean up the world type game. Dude, cleaning and organizing is the best, like handle. If you have anxiety, oh yeah, put a podcast on and clean. You'll feel better. Yeah. It just, it's, if, it's the best. Cleaning everything makes you feel clean and like you can breathe. Anyway, to yes. me, it does, right? Yeah, 100%. I agree. Okay, let me think. Uh, what is your favorite video game villain? Who's your favorite villain? Should have sent me these sooner. A villain? Wow. I'm trying to think like who? It's so tough. Oh my God. Like some of the ones I'm thinking of are like, well, it's like the Joker and Batman, you know, like, like the, the Batman games are amazing, but the Joker is like the Joker, like the Joker is yeah. like probably yeah, the best yeah. villain ever. So it's like, that doesn't count. I don't want to do that. That's um, a good point. You could, I mean, yeah, then think you like, there's lots of games that have incorporated characters that weren't necessarily game exclusive characters. That right. works. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like a franchise outside. They're already established. They bring them in and it's like, holy shit. What an amazing. What, uh, what Batman games are you thinking of? The Arkham games? Yeah. What, the Arkham one, games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is a good one. Arkham, Arkham Asylum. I did beat Arkham Asylum. I didn't beat the other ones and I did like it. The yeah, Joker they, they, was. Awesome. They, were, they were all great, but the problem is, is like Batman shouldn't be fighting a Joker every fucking time. Like I know he's amazing, but like stop being the main villain in his games. <laughs> like yeah. every single time, like oh he's dead, no he's is, not, he's back. Is he the is he the villain in Arkham Knight? No, he's finally dead in that one. Okay, that's what I thought. I started Arkham Knight, but uh, I bought Arkham Knight like launch day, and it was the worst PC launch ever. It was yeah, I remember shit. that. I remember that. I had it on uh, PS4, and so mine was okay. But I remember, yeah, it was all fucked up. But sorry, I can't answer that question. I can't think of anybody well, Joker's good, really actually, good. I think that's actually a good point. No one's ever brought that up, like opened it up to, well, hey, there's video games that feature villains and protagonists, which will be my next question to give you a heads up. It doesn't necessarily have to be a video game exclusive character. There's lots of characters that transcend games, movies, comics, whatever. For protagonist, who's your favorite protagonist you've ever played as? Like, ah, I love playing as that person. I love pretending I'm that person. See, that's another tough one because like for me, I'm a huge anti-hero guy. I, me too. I, like, yeah. like I didn't even know what an anti-hero was until like, 
late teens, but I was always attracted to the anti-heroes. So, yeah. uh, my favorite manga of all time is Berserk and Guts, yes. like, like Guts to me, like if I was somebody, it would, I would end up being Guts because like the whole like, like suffering and struggling and whatever, like I was mentioning, like my life had like things I had to go through. Like he goes through like the same things in a more fantastical way, but I've yes. always loved his, him as a character. He doesn't say too much or anything, but it's his actions and his perseverance and, and like, and all that stuff. So like to me, like Guts is like the, like one of the ultimate anti-heroes and like, uh, Matt Max Rokotansky, like from Mad Max, like he's an anti-hero, like reluctant, like, like he's there. He doesn't really want to be there, but he's going to do heroic things and he's going to do what he's got to do to, to get it done. Yeah. For games themselves, it's, I don't know, like the first person that comes on is Marcus Phoenix from Gears. Like, I think he's mm, hilarious. That's a good one. Cause he's like, yep. he's like, he's like me. Like he's just like the crotchety old man, like for fuck's sakes. <laughs> like, here we go. The fucking tomatoes. Like, like, yeah. Like he's got the humor. Uh, he, but he, he, he can get it done. You know what I mean? Like it's that type of character that I like playing as because it's just like the the wittiness. Like you have like Bear, yeah. who's like more funny or whatever. It's it, that's not for me. It's the more gritty, darker character that I like. Like the for, like I fucking don't want to be here type of character. Yeah. Um, but that, I'll give I'll give it that. I don't want to take up too much time. But Marcus Phoenix. I, I thought of uh, I am attracted to antiheroes. And speaking of Chrono Trigger, I loved Magus, who's my favorite character. Because really? he isn't, he's an anti-hero. Like he's, yeah. he's a bad guy that ends up being good. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the characters I like from JRPGs are that way. Even the main character from, um, Sui Coden 1 is sort of that sense. Like, cause you get, I don't know if you've played that, but you, you rebe- you're, you are like born in the empire. You're, and you rebel against your own people and you get given this like evil rune that's like, the embodiment of evil called the soul eater it's like it's like kind of like frodo i guess is an anti-hero because you're a good guy but you're the ring is evil right and you're trying to you're trying to balance it yeah. yeah and that's what that game kind of revolves around is you had this evil rune but you're actually a good guy but you kind of becoming bad because you but then you're not um i think that's a cool interplay i could see that i had never thought about i did play gears one and i've watched a bunch of the cutscenes. sometimes i like to watch just the cuts cu- cutscene compilations of games that i like the store in the lorry but i don't have the time to play through yeah Ge- gears is a good one because like nothing yes. really happens in between the, fu- yes, like the fights. yes and i watched stuff. the gear like a super cut of gears five and i liked i ended up liking marcus i'm like oh i didn't because i just thought like he was a ge- like a just a general brute character i didn't understand <laughs> i didn't understand understand that like the gears characters had more depth because i hadn't played it until i watched yeah, these yeah. cutscene compilations like oh this is actually really good yeah so it, but yeah anti-hero stuff like like dragon ball like vegeta's like a badass right yes. because he's like a bad guy he turns good but he's always got that like chip on his shoulder like uh i'd, I'd just kill anybody you know but i'm gonna live on earth and protect earth now it's just i i like that uh that gray zone where like it's just it's not clear cut it's not like i'm stupid and i'm gonna always save the world or i'm evil and i'm gonna destroy it it's like in between yeah. where it's like you just got to do what you got to do. I was going to ask, what is the, uh, what I've been asking recently is what video game moment has made you the most emotional? I remember, I remember being upset when uh, Kate Sith died in Final Fantasy VII, even though it was a fucking <laughs> toy. Isn't that so weird? That is like, weird. So I wouldn't have expected weird. that. Not even a real thing. And you're, you're upset about it. Uh, <laughs> 
I've never admitted that publicly. Please delete that. Well, no, I'm just joking. That, that's going to be the, that. Now we know that's, <laughs> that's going to clip. That's going to be the clip now. Yeah, for sure. that's the clip. This fucking sad sack was crying over a doll like, in Final Fantasy VII. Wasn't Kate Sith being piloted by one of the Turks anyway? Yeah, yeah, it was. But it's not I like think... he got killed or anything. But yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I knew that the the white portion, like the the white doll part, was fake. But I always thought, like, was is that cat maybe real? Because I love cats. So at the time, mm. I think I was like. The poor cat, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, the poor cat that can kind of talk. Uh, so, uh, there's that. Um, you know what? The Ori games, have you ever played those? Ori, like, or, I played or, Ori and the Blind, Blind Wisp. I did Blind Forest, but I haven't played Willow Wisps. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, uh, like, I remember those ones because the story is like, there's, there's, there's it's just so like emotive. And like, yes. I, I get, I get caught into like the family friendship type stuff. So if like, mm. like, uh, I don't know. Like even in like gears, like when, uh, like Marcus, Mar- like a spoiler alert, but Marcus's, um, best friend and like kind of wingman there is Dom, Dominic. He, he dies. And it's like, it's kind of sad because it's like, you, these guys had like a bro friendship, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, it's so sad and it's war. And like, you knew they were like so tight, you know, and it's like, that's sad. Like I didn't cry at it or anything, but like there's like, I'm trying to think of like when I actually cried or made me upset. And like Ori kind of did. Like it, it's it, when I was younger, the, the stuff that bothers me now w- didn't bother me then. Like, like when I watched yes. Endgame, fucking Avengers Endgame and Tony passed away and the whole funeral or whatever. Like I was crying in the theater. <laughs> like I was yeah, there and yeah. I, I kind of looked around and I saw a couple people kind of wiping their eyes or whatever. But I was like, I, and I thought to myself in the moment, like if I wasn't a dad, would I be crying about this yet? You and wouldn't. Like, nope. No, nope. I, I like. Yeah. I think I'd be upset, but I wouldn't be that upset because I don't have yeah. that attachment yet. And and with games, like I've usually been able to separate that. And I just can't remember. There was a game that did make me upset, and I remember my wife. <laughs> my wife was like around the corner. She came in, and she's like, "Are you crying?" And I was like, "Fuck!" Like, like you no, came. No. You never come in here to see me gaming, and you came in during like an emotional like moment in a game that in, in a game when games aren't usually that emotional for fuck's sake, yeah. you know, it's just so like, uh, but I, I'm horrible at these, that these quick fire answers. That's I'm fine. Not- <laughs> I, uh, the one I, the one I've been bringing up is, uh, well, when you edit together, it's going to sound awesome. You're going to sound <laughs> smart as shit. So don't worry about it. Spoiler alert. The podcast is edited. Shout out to my editor. His <laughs> name's Alex Probst. Uh, I forget his IG handle, but, uh, he's awesome. He, uh, does the hard work of tightening all these up so that you have an efficient listening experience. I one for me that like you. I agree with you. This actual emotional where tears came out of my eyes has been very few, and they've all been after I've had kids. I've become much more <laughs> emotional after I've had kids for sure. As a kid, I can remember being shocked and bummed out and angry, but not like having enough emotion to get misty eyed mm-hmm. uh, until I was older. And if you brought up God of War. One thing was like just the whole course of the game, like Kratos trying, like the his relationship with this kid getting better and then at the end well i actually speaking of design and details i loved the part at the end spoiler alert where you find out that your mom was actually this goddess chick and uh that like was all foreseen and you know how a lot of games especially 3d games like i think uncharted did it initially with like the white paint where like where you can actually go and what ledges you can climb on there'll be like little visual hints like Mm -hmm. the rocks will be scraped with white and in god of war there's like these runes kind of like etchings on like the the ledges that you can grab or the walls that you're supposed to climb so you sort of know where where you can and can't go and it's very subtle and i just wrote that off as like yeah 
that's their version of white paint for Uncharted. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that's actually tied into the lore because the mother had foresight and she actually marked the path of where you're supposed to go with all of these markings. So it's like a gameplay element that's also tied into the lore. And then it has this mother-daughter, and I have kids, and you're reconnecting with your kid. And I've thought, like, if my wife died and she had left something behind to, like, I would ever, if, like, my wife passed away, like, what sort of treasures would she have left behind that I could share with my kids to help remember their mm-hmm. mom? Just, like, it makes you think about all these things. And I got really emotional at the ending of God of War, and I got really, really emotional. Like, the only time I've cried, cried in a game have you played last of us 2 no i did i played the first one but not the second one <sighs> i don't want to spoil it because you should play it it's worth playing um it got a lot of it's a divisive game yeah I've, I've heard all about it yeah i went into it thinking all the divisive stuff was right maybe it's because i had low expectations and i ended up coming out of it like this is better than the first game i don't know what people are so angry about that was my experience but there's a moment at the end of the game without spoiling it where the ellie the girl has like a really important moral choice to make and she thinks back of a memory of joel her dad or i guess her adoptive father mm-hmm. i guess sort of and she and it's like i won't give you too deep too much details on the context but it's a specific memory about joel that plays into the game and she calls upon like this memory and it, it helps her end up she ends up making the good choice she doesn't fall the game about like keeping your humanity when no one else is doing it and not con- like ultimately not compromising and be mm-hmm. like falling to the 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 low the depths of how everyone else around you has fallen and she calls upon this memory of joel to sort of make the right decision and not and not lose her humanity and i for me like thinking of like oh i hope my daughters can remember me in a way that will help them make good choices it just wrecked me dude it was like yeah something about kids kids just make you a big fat pussy like there's just no way there's just no way around it I don't see. That's a good point. Would you have felt that way about Endgame if you didn't have kids? I don't think you would have. No, it's <clears throat> it's different because it, it like sure things are humanized or whatever, but once you have a child that you're protecting and care about, and whatever, it just it's amplified by so yeah. much like what life is like is about and why it's important and the magic of it. And and actually, when you brought up God of War, like I actually forgot about that. And I love when games do that where it's like it's in your face the whole fucking time, and then yes. they tell you the meaning of it and you're like blown oh, out of your seat you're like son yeah. of a bitch and you just like yeah. grab your heart you're like oh god damn but yeah the, the ending of that was was nice but it didn't make me upset i, I was I, I don't know it was just again amazing game makes you feel everything you should feel in a video game pretty amazing but i did think another one red dead redemption 2 Ooh, um yes. it, that, it made me sad but it was also kind of like i'm going down the blaze of glory and i know i'm going down it was totally telegraphed like hundreds of hours beforehand yes um, but like it, it was it was just you, you're with like when you're with these characters for so long even like when he got sick like I, I I shouldn't have said that, but that's a spoiler. But but when that it's happened, okay. game's been that, out for a while. Okay, yeah, that's true. But so when he when he got sick, I was like, oh no! Like that's I was more sad about that from when the compared to the ending. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh no! Like his time's running out, and I feel sorry for him because he's a good character. You know, yeah. and like I felt more sorry for him. But like again, like no tears for that one. Definitely tears for the <laughs> Kate Sith thing or Cat Sith. I don't even know how to say it, but. <laughs> I, what I'm telling you is that I cry over puppets and Muppets and not humans. Humans, whatever. Yes. Well, I suppose it's, uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You were also way younger though, right? Yeah. You- I was like 15 at the time or whatever. Yeah. 
old enough to not give a shit about a puppet, but I did. Last question. If you could only play one game for the rest of your life, what? Okay, that's a bad way to put it. Just what game out there? Like, I, for me, it's Symphony of the Night. I play Symphony of the Night every year. Like, mm-hmm. I go, I end up playing it. I've played it who knows how many times. What games for you are games that you can just keep playing over and over? Let's just say it's going to be like a single player game because like online games has like almost infinite possibility, yes. right? Because it depends on the yeah. people and if it's still playing, whatever. Man, there's lots. Like, I, I love the Diablo series. Uh, I love Diablo 2. I love Diablo 3 when they fixed it. I'm looking forward to Diablo 4. It, it'd probably be an action RPG where it just has that grind and getting the gear. Like, I, I love the yeah. gambling aspect of it where it's like am i going to get a legendary am i going to get something that's going to help me get a little bit stronger that like incremental uh escalation is, is stuff that yes. i like that's why i like rpgs in general just leveling up maybe something like that like a retro game like for sure it'd be like streets of rage 2 or something like that um another game that i really like from Back in 1997 was Total Annihilation, which was like a, a strategy. Never heard of that. Let's look yeah, it is a strategy game. It, it kind of came out around StarCraft, but Total Annihilation was basically like like robots in space, and it was just oh, like it looks like uh, yeah, Command and Conquer StarCraft. Yeah, it, it was one of those ones, and it's just like thousands of units on the screen just fucking murdering each other, and medals flying everywhere, and there's different builds you can do. It's just it's just a lot of fun because I like the the mayhem aspect of just like the battles are epic and huge i'm all about like epic stuff like all the music i've ever written is always like epic themes like space and like the end of the world and stuff like that and i'm just i'm all about like large scale things happening and the game looks like shit now it hasn't aged well i think it actually looks pretty good it looks i mean it looks very similar to command and conquer yeah it it had its day and i played tons of hours of that back in the day that was one of my first like online games it was quake 2 and total annihilation those are my jams annihilation this i I normally i've I've never even heard of this and i've sequels were supreme commander oh i do know supreme commander supreme commander and then they just recently a couple years ago did planetary annihilation which was like an homage to total annihilation but it was not nearly as good. Uh, but it's such an obscure title. Most people don't know what it is, ever heard of it. I don't even know how I came across it. My friends had it, but... Yeah, looks cool. All right, do, uh, do you have your music online anywhere people can check it out? Yeah, so um, so my handle's Synther, so S-Y-N-T-H-R. Um, you can look me up in Google, but if you go on Spotify, like all my music is is right on Spotify. Even though Spotify pays me dick all in royalties, yeah. I still get some money as a nobody. Um, I would boycott them if I was somebody. I would say, fuck uh, subscription-based services that pay their artists nothing. So it looks like you're uploading your stuff to both Retro Afternoon and Synther channels. Oh, wait, it's... Okay, your channel... Okay. Yeah, yeah my yeah. YouTube channel used to be Synther, and I just recently changed it to Retro Afternoons. But your URL for it is Synther, but it's called... Because it's backslash user Synther, but then when I get there, it's Retro Afternoons is the title of the... Oh, so maybe Google hasn't switched it up yet. Yeah, it looks like they haven't because your yeah your URL still says Synther. Okay, yeah, I did switch it. Okay. Anyway, so people get confused. Retro afternoon Synther YouTube. <laughs> same, it's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm Synther in Retro Afternoons as well. Like I'm keeping my handle everything. Nice. So it's the same thing. All right, Retro after- Afternoons or Synther. If you want to check out his music, everyone goes. I always tell people send him some dick pics if you love his content. <laughs> hopefully Please you do. get a million. Hopefully Harry. you get a million dick pics. Big hairy yeah. dick pics. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, check it out. I will definitely – I'll do an intro, and I'll have all that stuff also in the intro. Appreciate it, man. I uh, Again, I always tell people – I know you're appreciative for coming on the podcast, but I yeah. am too. Look, I, uh, I put a lot – I put a fair amount of time in to get guests on the podcast, and most of the time people – flake they say yes they don't show up or they oh. it's just it can be very frustrating and, and sure. you were like yeah man i'm down and you were flexible with timing and it went down really easy you already knew how to record yourself it's just on my on my end thank you very much it's been like an easy episode oh, it's going to be easy to edit and i think people are going to enjoy it yeah absolutely like i i totally know where you're coming from because i've produced podcasts in the past the current job i do two podcasts every week. So I, I know what it's like for guests and editing and all that shit. So I like, I absolutely, um, enjoyed being on your show. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, uh, the chance to come on. I've never been a guest on a podcast. I've always been the guy running the show. So it was awesome to just, just come on and just talk. And if you ever wanted me on again, absolutely for any oh, topic. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I popped your cherry. You'll always remember me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah all, anytime. I've had a couple guy, one guy on twice. Um, I think with repeat guests, like what ends up happening, and I'm sure this will happen with you, is people end up messaging me like two or three weeks later, multiple times. Like, I forgot to mention this. Or mm. I should have said this when you asked me that question. I'm like, come on again. But it's like, if you have more memories and games that you couldn't think of on the spot that you actually have good memories or stories about, like if you think of them come on or we can come on talk about new episodes or just uh what you're gaming like modern wise like what games you're playing that are not retro mm -hmm. anything like uh i'm uh i have just let me know if you want to come on let me know because i'm always looking for guests so yeah no, if you that's wanna, awesome just hit me up yeah so so kind of riff off that i i was doing um a gaming podcast with my friend a couple years ago um we were just kind of doing it to have fun but i was doing all the work because he didn't have like the technical skills and, yes. <laughs> and uh we were doing like our podcasts were basically like we had an a topic for the show. So one of them ended up being something similar to this, where it was like how nostalgia kind of influenced like what, what we did with ourselves or like yeah. how it influenced what we ended up liking, like with music wise or media, whatever. And like, it's like, like that sort of thing. And then we kind of did like a review section, which I didn't want to do because it was just like, no one was listening to us for reviews. Nobody cares what we thought <laughs> sort of thing. But I, I liked the topic aspect of it. Yeah. And we did, we did too, where it was like our favorite, soundtracks from video games and i love doing that one because i have the music in the in the podcast and everything playing in the background and like i really did it uh it really did it up and people actually really love that those episodes because it was like oh I, i've never heard the witcher soundtrack and there it is it was there and we were funny yes. about it and talking about like the game and and the music and like we, we the first game we talked about was doom 2016 and how amazing that was and like how it fit the game and all that stuff and anyways i'm going off on a tangent but yeah it's just it was it's so much fun doing podcasts and stuff to just talk because everyone talks and like i me specifically like my most of my friends don't really game anymore they're gamers but they don't really care um so it's nice to talk to someone that actually knows what the fuck i'm talking about like with the jrpgs and stuff like that you know oh yeah so it's awesome oh yeah yeah it's nice so the, the og heads you know the heads got to unite i i'm glad you brought up doom 2016 because that's also specifically a good gaming experience where i was like ah, i liked doom i played doom one and two nostalgia i thought doom three was like a decent horror game but I wasn't that excited for Doom, and I saw the footage for 2016. I was like, eh. But it wasn't until I actually played it, and the soundtrack kicked in at the right time. Yeah. And I was like, 
this is it. This is it. They nailed it. But that's that game is like the game is awesome. I want to give all credit so that the game plays amazing. But it wouldn't be the same without that soundtrack from Mick Gordon. The second one, Eternal, it was good, but it, I don't know. Maybe it's because the formula had already been done, so it wasn't quite as impactful. Although the the title screen track for Doom Eternal, whatever plays when you're on like the menu, is amazing. But it was less. Doom Eternal was more metal and it had less glitch in the electronic elements. Yeah. Whereas I thought 2016 was a cool mix of both. Yeah. I, I liked that a little bit more. Yeah. It, it's like I was saying about Eve Online where like the, the music to me outshone the game. Yes. Um, I, I did like Doom. It all came together. But the like if the music, like if you played that game on mute, it would not be the same game. That, that music fucking no. like made you want to rip and yes. tear. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you, you were there the second that like the chainsaw sampled sound that he was using as the guitar stuff. Like what second that fucking hit, you're like, let's do this shit. I don't care yeah. who's throwing fireballs at me. Yeah, it's going down. I remember physically being aware of like, dude, my blood pressure is elevated and I'm fucking amped. <laughs> Because, like, this game is like, made me, like, I'm just sitting in a chair, but I'm, like, I'm legitimately riled up. I got, yeah. I must got some adrenaline pumping or something. Cause it, it would, it would rile me up, that soundtrack combined with the game. And, like, the way the soundtrack, that they did a really good job of, and I'm, I'm not sure on a technical end how you would produce this as a music producer, creating everything in, like, certain loops where they could dynamically be triggered. So, cause, like, the, the music would change based on how many enemies are there and whether they're big enemies and bosses mm -hmm. and it would flow kind of go in and out based on how many enemies you've killed so it's like it was real organic and then you'd finally kill everything and then it would die back down it would just be the sort of the ambient background music to the level and then all enemies would appear and maybe like it'd be a few enemies at the beginning and so the music would kick up to like tier two but then all of a sudden like a, a big badass enemy would come in it would go full metal and it just it was always perfect like they did a great job of yeah. incorporating the music yeah and it's like point. it's like you said like eternal like i played through it last year like it it wasn't nearly as good on in any regard like it just wasn't there was i thought like, the gameplay was tighter but i didn't enjoy it as much as no Doom 2016 yeah i didn't i didn't like the being starved for ammo constantly aspect of it and you had that to get gas little, cans and whatever and yeah 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 there was definitely more like juggling of systems and doom eternal and you had to get really good at okay like gas cans chainsaw flamethrower ice there's a lot of things to juggle in that game and it does feel good once you get good at it but i i agree especially with the dlc once you get the the hammer and the sword and you have two grenade types switching between grenades it, it gets a little too much like you're managing too many systems at mm -hmm. once in my opinion it's just a little slightly overwhelming but obviously like the, the kids these days i don't know i guess they're growing up with the internet like their add brain can handle it because people oh, love man. that game they yeah. love that game yeah that's fine it's for somebody fine that's fine like i, I look yeah. at fortnite i've never played fortnite i just said i'm nope. not going to touch this and i, nope. I watch yep. them play it and i'm like what like i understand what's happening but it's like you're cycling through all these structures and you're changing your gun you're jumping and you're fishing and the fishing rod throws you into the air and you're shooting somebody it's just like what the fuck like i don't i don't i don't like quake 3 i don't like uh some of the unreal tournament stuff where it's just like twitch shooting like twitch yeah. chaos it's just like it's just too much for me and it's just like you said like the adhd sort of gameplay is just like i can handle fast stuff it's just like that is just too much like what is happening have you played near automata i i couldn't get into it i played it for a couple mm. hours and i just couldn't get into it i tried it for like 
three hours last night because it's finally it's on Game Pass now, and I've been hearing mm-hmm. about it. So far, I like the balance of fast. I, I like the balance of gameplay that's fast, like respects your time, but at the same time, same time, there's a lore and a world you can dig into. Which is part of the reason why I liked Control because Control, if you wanted to skip through a lot of Control, you could. You could just mm-hmm. blast through that game. Yeah. And the gameplay is actually pretty fast and responsive in its constant action. But if you're in the mood, you can also sit and just read notes for 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> like, which is what I did. Like, speaking of Mass Effect, when I got Mass Effect 1, I spent more time in that codex reading about how <laughs> the Mass Effect, all the fake technology they came up with to make the game. Like, there was an explanation for everything in that game. How your shield works, how your guns work, yeah. how the augments work. It was all based in some sort of, you know, lore and technology. And and uh, yeah, I I like fast stuff, but if it's just Twitch and that's all there is, like Quake is a great example that the whole experience is just Twitch gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually not my thing. I do like when like a battle system is really fast. Like for example, Dark Souls, I prefer Neo or Sekiro or Bloodborne because Bloodborne, not Bloodborne, sorry, uh, Bloodborne because they're faster combat experiences. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can read every item description and you can you can slow down. But you're in control. If you have 20 minutes to play and you just want to grind and get some level up and just do action, you can. If you're in the mood to like geek out, geek out and go through all your items and figure out the lore of something, you can also do that too. It's just it's up to you but uh if it's just twitch yeah it's not enough to stick for me that's a little bit how i felt doom eternal was it was like really tight gameplay uh the story was so cheesy and lame that it wasn't like "Eh, okay it's there it's a placeholder but yeah the the meat of the experience is just the twitch gameplay that's probably why i didn't like it as much as doom 2016 which doesn't have a story either but maybe maybe because it was like the first time i'd played that formula so it was enough to get me through the game and enjoy it yeah, but I agree. Like Doom Eternal, just not quite as good for whatever reason. Yeah, and I felt like they kind of moved away from what Doom was, whereas 2016 was like, yeah, this is what Doom is update up, updated. You know, like Wolfenstein was like that too, where like this is like a good like revamping of the series. Whereas yeah. Eternal was like, you're trying to do something different when the other games kind of weren't like that. So I don't really yeah. get it. But anyway, yep. Well, I actually just realized. I just realized we didn't introduce ourselves. As real life people. <laughs> oh, yes. What's your real life name? My real What's name. What's your human form name? Yes. My human name is uh, Matthew LeBlanc, just like the actor Joey from Friends. Really? Yeah, it sucks. Everyone tells that jokes about suck. it. It does every, I've heard every fucking joke you can imagine. <laughs> The how you doings. Oh my God, uh, dude. You are probably relentlessly teased. Uh, I, I am. And honestly, like when I was younger, I was like, I need to like, I'm in this guy's shadow. I need to do something to, to overshadow him. Like, I, I need, so maybe it's retro afternoons that just totally like skyrockets me and just ruins his career. It's like, did your parents, were they aware of him when they no, named you? No, no, Okay. Cause he, yeah, they he, had was, to have not been. he was like a teenager, maybe a little bit younger uh, than that when I was born. That's true. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's like probably 40 something. I'm guessing. I think he's in his 50s now. In his 50s, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Matthew DeBlanc, dang. Yeah, it is what it is. And you're Cade Call, right? Cade Call. Yeah, I saw saw it on your YouTube, I think. Or maybe on your podcast, one of the things. Your name is like, it sounds fake. It sounds like a video game <laughs> character. Like, Kate Call is here to yeah, kick ass. Up. Yeah, I got hooked up that way. I've always, <laughs> I had the opposite experience. Cade was a, it's more common now, but 
but I didn't meet another Cade either online or in person that spelled it with a K until I was like 23 or 24. Yeah. I met some C's, like the name Cade with a C was kind of around. It's a much more common name now, like way more common. Yeah. My next door neighbor's kid is Cade and he's only three. Yeah. So (laughs) still still making rounds. (laughs) But I had the opposite experience where everyone was like, that's a cool name. I was like, cool because i had a unique name so yeah you got screwed dude i'm sorry i did no it's it's totally <laughs> fine like yours is like an 80s action hero name like cade call like it just yeah it just fits but well that's no, awesome well nice to meet you virtually yeah nice nice to meet you we'll definitely see you again i'll be uh i'll find a i'll find a highlight i, I skipped out on the highlight video on my last episode because i just i just didn't want to do it but i think we have enough places in the podcast that could be good highlights yeah but maybe think? i could get some get some tips from you because the the process to make the highlight videos is by far the most time consuming thing out of everything for me is the highlight videos by far those right. little set this way by far like a factor of 10 x more time <laughs> to do that so well when if you have any questions or any collabs anything man like we, we have a connection now just reach out shoot me a message i'm always around uh, i'm always here to communicate like i'm not someone that like doesn't email back somebody after yeah. days it's like i'm you'll you'll get me really quick as soon as like, maybe get we could uh, like uh work work something out where like we play uh i don't know if there's a way you could do it where we play like a like a retro game at the same time where we play the same game and uh i don't know how you could fit that in because i so, do uh, yeah so i i have i have these ideas like for my show like i i am going to bring real people onto my show at some point but i i i've been thinking like well with covid who knows how fucking long this is going to last because of the vaccine yeah. rollout and shit like i, I say like I, there are other players in the retroverse so i want to have them on and it's like okay i want to have friends that obviously won't be able to come here because they don't live in Canada on my show. So I'm trying to think like how, because retro games, you can't just be like, Oh, send me your IP address or just link up on GameSpy or whatever. You know what I mean? You can't do that. So it's like, how can I get people to come on? And now that you mention it, like I, I was thinking about it during what we're doing the show. It's like, I know for sure you'd want to be on the show. So it's like, how, how would we do that? And like the functionality isn't there for some of it. I think there's some retro games where like the mod community has created like an online component where you could play together or right. you could pick a retro game that has been re-released officially with online play. True. Like um, I, I'm sure there's a list. If I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know they exist. I know just, some emulators do have online capabilities. Yes. So like, I, I'd I, have I, to look into yeah. that. We'd have to find one that either A, between the modding community and emulation, there's a way we could play online or B, find one that's been re-released with online like streets of rage 4 uh you can play online yeah that's not really retro but you can also play as retro characters in that yeah i've I've played that game over millions of times now i have all the characters yes that game is another great like uh, they did the the idea of a modern retro game right Yes, they, they did, did. Right. and and the uh, Shredder's Revenge that's coming by then oh, is going to be it off so the hook. Good. Yeah, like if, ah, if it it's so even good. if it's even half as good as what they did with Streets of Rage Four, which like it won't, it'll be like probably ten be times better. better. But yeah, like it's just those guys know what they're doing. Yeah, they've nailed like the way to modernize that genre, and it's just the way you unlock characters and you play it over and over again. I mean, I I do think Streets of Rage Four is a little grindy when you want to get everything. Yeah, it was, but. Other than that, like, that's my only complaint. It's just a little, like, sometimes by the time you get towards the end, it's like, I just want the stuff. I don't want to keep playing. Like, I've played enough of the game. I just want to mm-hmm. play with the shit I want to play with. But uh, I could look at Blaze Fielding 
beat people up. Like I, I've talked about this before with some, uh, I had this guy on the podcast, a jujitsu coach, and we still train together and we joke about how like, how weird it is that we find this animated cartoon character in this game so attractive. Like who is hotter <laughs> than Blaze Fielding in Streets of Rage 4? That's the hottest chick in video games, in my opinion. And she's not even comparatively, I mean, she's definitely sexualized. She's in a halter top and a miniskirt. Yeah. But like, that's nothing compared to like Ivy from Soul Calibur or yeah. like, it gets, yeah. She's she's tame in the video game world as far as sexualization goes, but yet she's so hot. She's so hot. Well, she could whoop your ass. There's something hot she about could, a chick that yeah. can beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, she can head me. kick you in a mini skirt. Oh yeah, give you like a a knee lift off the ground. You'd be like, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet dude. Well, let's wrap it up okay. again. Tell everyone where they can find you, and then let's sign off. Okay, so if you want to check out Retro Afternoons, uh, you can find me on Facebook as Retro Afternoons, Instagram Retro Afternoons, uh, YouTube. It should should be Retro Afternoons, but it might be Synther, um, which is my like music handle and online handle. So Synther spelled S Y N T H R. Uh, and you can find me on all those platforms, maybe TikTok in the future, because um, you've convinced me to yes. uh, check that out. Come to the dark side. You're going to see some dancing reels. I'm going to dance to some uh, Ghost Straight from Streets of Rage 2. I want to uh, <laughs> see you in your synther outfit with your wig, glasses, a push-up bra, and a thong okay. dancing in the retroverse. Like, ooh, what's a good – isn't there <laughs> – I think in Streets of Rage, there's a club with dancers, right? Yes, they they all have something like that. Number yeah. two has that for sure, yeah. I you can get that as the background of- in a loop. <laughs> I could loop it, yeah, and green screen it. You could green screen yourself in is like the that'd be a great idea where you replace all the background characters on a beat 'em up with like versions of yourself being mm. ridiculous. That could be a funny idea. There's a video game I wanted to bring up. I'm trying to find it. It's a beat 'em up and I think it's actually before Lizard Cube did some of these other beat 'em ups. It's like uh Streets of Something. It's on the PC and they used the nineties technology where they uh it's just like actual footage that's been keyframed. Yeah, yeah. Ah, what's it called? What's that? Streets. There's a terminology for that for that type of Mortal Kombat. Did it? Yeah, I forget what it's called. Digitized sprites. Beat um up with digitized sprites. There's a modern game that it wasn't. uh, It wasn't like Fists of Rage or something, was it? It's it's a rip off on something Rage. It's a Rage or Streets. I think it's called Streets of Something. Uh, best beat was on Guardi- Guardians of the Hood is an old one that I'm actually going to do that <clears throat> I'm going to do that on Retro Afternoons Streets of Fury you Streets gotta of check Fury out. okay I thought you it was Raging check. I thought you were going to say Raging Justice but I know that wasn't it it's Streets, Streets of, of Fury. Fury I think Let's you'll see. get some ideas like it's very silly and ridiculous if a, one of the characters has dreadlocks and he uses his hair it's his whole move set. And it's just like these dudes dressing with the, and their friends oh dressing God. up in front of a green screen <laughs> and then turning it into a – it's fucking amazing. It's like yeah, is, I don't know how this game doesn't get more love. I need to do some videos on it. Oh, my God. This looks so bad. <laughs> so bad. It's, but it's funny. It's but it actually plays like really good. Like the game, the combo system is deep. There's counters, there's parries, there's special moves. Like it, it's, it looks like a total just silly horseshit and it is <laughs> on the surface, but technically it's actually a pretty solid game. But I was thinking of like for some of your videos, like, yeah, you could like 
make yourself background NPCs, or you could like put yourself as a character, like in After Effects, you could like come up with your own move set and like superimpose yourself, like actually hitting someone in the game. It would be a lot of work, but I think there's some ideas because you obviously have a green screen and you have some motion graphics. Yeah, I don't, I don't have skills. tons like that would be beyond me. I could learn it, obviously, but that's like I would love like if I could get someone to teach me that stuff yeah like i'm looking at this thing <laughs> it, it looks pretty like it look it does flow like it kind of it fits i yes. can see <laughs> it's an interesting game like it's worth it's like five bucks or whatever i would definitely pick it up if you're curious i need to do some videos on it it's uh i've it's i've also had this like sort of dream one day um when i have a little bit more money like disposable income i have the time I would love to develop like an indie game and I know I would need help and I would have to like pay. And um, I thought about like doing it because I have a, I have a really good friend who's a stunt man for Hollywood. Oh, really? And yeah, I have access. He's like, I would love to like team up if you could find someone, just record a bunch of cool stuff in front of a green screen and try to put it into a game. And we've referenced this particular game a few times. It's like, it would be fun to get all the stunt buddies together and, and try to come up with something mm-hmm. to make. But uh, making a game, I've, I don't know if you've ever played around with it. I've played no. around with Unity and Game mm-hmm. uh, Game Maker and actually put a fair amount of time and got like some working demos. And just to get like an existing sprite set that I ripped from a fighting game into Unity and get it to where I could like go left and right and jump. It's like 30 hours. Ugh. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like I don't – it's imp- – no wonder <laughs> games take huge teams. There's no yeah, way yeah. – like, I don't think the tech not, there are some games that have been like a one man show, like uh, Axiom Verge is an indie game that was made by one man. Mm-hmm. Iconoclasts is another one, but they usually take like seven to eight years. And, uh, anyway, the barrier to entry for say, like doing what you're doing at Retro Retro Noons or even making music has got to the point where like, you can do anything with a laptop yeah. in, in a, in a, like a, in a sort of realistic amount mm-hmm. of time. Gaming like tools and processes haven't, they're just not quite there. I think like a one man, Indie game is still like just not in the realm of possibility for most people. Mm. It's just not quite there. There's just too much work to be done and the tools aren't, you know, it's just not there yet, but it's, it's getting close. So maybe one day, one day I can have you as like a playable character in my beat em up. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be so badass. It's like a DLC character or something. Like who the All fuck right. is this guy on here? <laughs> <laughs> Retro Retro News, bitch. Check it out. <laughs> All right, man. That's a wrap. Thanks again. Yeah. I'm going to stop stop recording in three, two, one. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye, bye.